listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little mudsucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Publishers look gay. Oh. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague. Well, today in the captain's chair, I had none other than Brad Gerlach. Um, and it was awesome to chat to the Gur. Um, it's a big podcast, so I won't rattle on too much here at the start. But those of you that know who the Gur, Brad Gerlach is, um, he needs no introduction. But for those of you who don't, um, I'll give you a quick one. Brad in 1986 was ranked number one uh, surfer in the world um, at 20 years old. And in 1992, he came second in the world title race. In 2006, he won one of surfing's biggest accolades and, and, and he won the Billabong double XL by surfing a wave at Todos Santos in Mexico that was 68 feet. 68 foot! Like, fucking hell. I don't know if you know much about this shit, but six-foot wave, in my eyes, has the capability of killing. You know, like, six-foot's getting serious, in my eyes. I mean, some people won't laugh at that. But for me, like, a six-foot wave, a proper six-foot wave, I'm talking, I'm not talking, you know, a six-foot wave. I'm talking about a six-foot wave. That's And so you think about a 68-foot wave. Like, no, I don't know. Like, it's spooky. Anyway, um, recently, Brad uh, has been living here for the last four years in Torquay. He's been raising a family and working on his... Well, he's been working on this for a long time, but it's just released. And Brad has been compiling, you know, all, all his knowledge and, and knowledge that others have passed to him and his learnings and teachings, and he's put it all into one 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 thing one platform and it's called wave key uh and and, and look i've 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 just started but i can only say that you know i've been surfing for 30 years and uh i have already found a flaw in one of the 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 fundamental aspects of 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 my surfing And and i've only just opened pandora's box here so and i was stoked when i saw that i was like oh fuck i never even thought about that um, so if you're listening and you're interested in this and if you're a surfer and wanting to to further your your um, you know like like for me I'm I, like you know I'm, I'm 44 and I've still got aspirations of being on the tour you know like uh, I'm taking to this shit like a job still um, and so like you know it, you know I love to do training outside of surfing and, and I've always found you know like you look at all other sports and you know people get golf lessons and skiing lessons and this and that and for surfing there's really not that much support other than your mate saying you're a fucking kook so you know like um stop standing like that uh stop flapping your arm around like that you know like uh there's not much so for me this is like you know epic so if you're listening to this and this is something that you'd be interested in get onto the website at wavekey google it it's bang straight there and if you type in the code it's all capitals Wave key, W-A-V-E-K-I-H-M-15. Um, Brad will give you 15% off. Um, so that's all capitals, Wave key, H-M-15. 
15. I'll put it in the uh, Insta link and in the description. Um, yeah, so anyway, look, I had an awesome time talking to Brad today. It, 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 he, he was so generous with his time, um, really came in grounded and, and just and, and was on. And it was, I just had heaps of fun nattering away. Um, so I won't, I won't go into any other spiels. I'll just let you enjoy my conversation with Brad. You All right, I'll see you on the other side. Wow, wait till you hear two hours of crap. A complete and total farfarama. Well, it's, it's tricky, you know, it's like, and so three and a half, you're seeing how engaging he is with the world. Do you remember, like, is it like, if you think, oh, yeah, there's my kid, three and a half years old. What was I like at three and a half years old? Do you yeah. remember, do you have any memory from then? Yeah, I have some memories from then. Yeah, yeah. Like, They're, I've got these weird sporadic ones. Yeah. What, what do you got? Like I, like, I remember being in a room with a window and I remember, you know, like, I remember breaking my collarbone and I think I was three and a half then too, um, about three and a half breaking my collar. I broke my collarbone when I was one and a half and then I broke the other one when I was three and a half. So how I don't remember do it, the, how did you do it at one? My, I, I pulled the drawers out to turn the light on when I went to bed. Yeah. Um, I pulled the drawers out, climbed up the drawers, flicked the light on. And my dad, who says all the time that this was not one of the smartest moves he's ever done, uh, he moved the dresser over thinking well that'll I mean it's dark I pull them out I reach over I keep reaching I'm like where's that light switch and I fell you know and it's just it's so stupid he's so stupid for that you know yeah (laughs) mind you he was 27 or 28 but um and then when I was three and a half I do remember this I was playing in like a little sandbox and uh we lived in uh Las Vegas and um, I just, the sandbox had like a sun canopy and there was a fly on it and I wanted to get the fly and I jumped and the, and the canopy flipped over and I flipped over and I broke my collarbone and, and uh, yeah, then I broke it again when I was 13 and a half. Hold on. Do you have memories of living in Vegas? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, we, my dad used to jump out of the top of Circus Circus into a um like a bed basically and that was his job and he dove three times a night they would move the crap tables over i've got pictures um i got pictures of him doing it so he was in the entertainment he was a he was a daredevil so he he basically he was an olympic diver yeah he came forth in the melbourne olympics here got uh, offered a scholarship what year 56 bullshit yeah you know this is like just gonna just go on a little track here but the yeah. 56 olympics with the american swim team that came here and did the demonstration in torquay with the first malibu surfboards <laughs> changed surfing in victoria forever mm. this is a really pivotal i did not know that pivotal time wow and so your dad was part of the the dive team yeah yeah he came no, he was part of, um, uh, he's from Hungary. So he came from Hungary and his whole story of how he actually got here is insane too, because, uh, Hungary was occupied by Russia, communist Russia. So they were, you know, so he was, uh, not going to go to the Olympics because they had some 
people divers that they had put in place of the Hungarian ones that were going to go. They were Russian. They were Russian or they were Hungarian Russian or they were supposedly whatever. And then he said that he got the call last last second. They had a chartered plane and said, you have to get across town. So his brother helped him. He said they, 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 they had to get across town. There were like tanks in the street and they were like, you know, he said he went by dead people and like, you know, I mean, it's just like it, he tells the story and fortunately uh, he's still alive, but he has dementia now. But fortunately he told the story while I, I think seven years ago maybe seven years ago I got him on film and I, I did an interview with him and I've got it and he tells a story of how he went through there and like there were dead people and there were this and all that stuff and then he got on the plane and then basically the plane flew here and um, he said that uh, he normally gets a massage in um, like the way you know that everybody has their athletic uh, routine mm. and all that stuff he said he didn't get his normal massage and he said he got a cramp in his handstand when he did the when he did one of the dives, and he he kind of messed the dive up. He ended up getting fourth. He said he would have said if he didn't get the cramp, and he you know he he felt like he he would have won. So was and, it his first trip outside? It? Well, no, he went to he went to Russia. I think when he was fifteen because they studied ballet and stuff when they were doing diving. They had to they had to know how to look very beautiful in the air. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's a lot of technique. Um, he had a coach that was like raised in a in a in a Siberian prison camp. He's a Hungarian guy who could speak Russian and he could speak Hungarian. So he sta- he actually stayed in the in the Siberian prison camp longer because he could translate. And this this is a, a, a little guy, and the little guy was the arm wrestling champion of the whole prison camp because he because he because he was he knew how to do it technically leverage. so he did he said he leverage exactly and he knew he could take on the biggest guys oh you know oh cool and then he said he would just the biggest guy would just be going like this and he'd be he'd just be going like this, and, he, and he'd go oh he'd be like oh you got me you got me he's like you think you got me and the guy's like and he'd just go boom, boom. really really smart guy so that was my dad's coach so he taught my dad a, a, a specific way of diving that was, if I remember right, it's, it's the Chinese all copy him now. They, they copy his exact style because when he first went to Michigan University, he got the scholarship from Sports Illustrated. They paid for him to go to University of Michigan. It's one of the best off, divers right after the Olympics. Off the back of the Olympics. Off, off the back of the yeah. Olympics. So when he first went there, they tried to change his style. They wanted him to, when he did his back dive, they wanted him to put his hands up before going in, the, like, like early going into the water. And he used to leave them there for a while and then and then go like that. Right? And no, no, you pull, you pull. <laughs> you know, like Parrish. You mean, I was just kidding. No, the, no, they're, no, they're no. like they're like trying to like um, last second it. They, yeah, he 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 made it. So this reason I this makes so much. The reason why this is relative is this yeah. is the stuff he helped me with in surfing. Yeah. So what he what he said is, is it made the dive look longer. It made it look like he was in the air longer, flying. If he went longer. earlier, or his style was to leave his hands down. Yeah. So he was like in the air without his without his arms. The other coach wanted him to hurry up and go like this, 
and he he's he, and he refused. He's like, no, I'm gonna keep. This is my style. I'm doing it this way. He won the the national championships in '59 and '60, and the best divers in the world were in the U.S. at that time. So he was like the best diver in the world from 59 to 60 and whatever. But he couldn't go back to the Olympics because at that time the Olympics had a rule that if you competed for another country, you couldn't, you know, whatever. Yeah, so he didn't yeah, go yeah. to the Olympics. And the guys who won the Olympics that year um, were guys that he beat all the time, apparently. So anyway, he's not one of those people that I could have won. But he's just like, yeah, whatever. He's no, like but his journey within itself of leaving and seeing dead people in the streets oh. to coming forth in Australia to then going to America. Yeah. I mean, uh, that is a just mind blowing journey. He, he has this like, he's like, he's like, he's like the first time he had a hamburger. He was all excited to have a hamburger. He heard about all these, you know, American hamburgers. They're amazing and all this stuff. Food in Hungary is really good, by the way. The, the, the blood of spicy and like, you know, they got this and he got this hamburger, and it was just like a hamburger with no, nothing on it. It was just the hamburger. And he's like, what's the big deal with this thing? He, he couldn't understand why everybody's all so stoked on these hamburgers, you know? And yeah. then he had one that had lettuce, tomato, onion, and, and ketchup, and, and mustard, and all this stuff. And yeah. he's like, oh, oh, I see. You know what I mean? He's just got some funny stories, man. He learned, he didn't speak English at all. So he had to learn how to speak English in college. He got, he has a degree from University of Michigan. And, um, and yeah, he's, uh, so where did he meet your mom? So my mother was a synchronized swimmer and a, um, and a professional water skier. And they met my dad was, after this stuff. He did some diving show, like, like, um, water shows. They would have all different in, in uh, Florida, you know, they were in the water, this, they had like water skiing and synchronized swimming and diving and like you know they do all these water shows he yeah met, he met her was it like when they have all the skiers and then they'd stand on their shoulders and then someone yeah, stand on I their... have a picture of my mother on two two guys shoulders yeah. you know putting her you know pointing her toes and you know arching her back and all that stuff and yeah my mother is really 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 good looking and really athletic by the sound of it mm -hmm. yeah totally and um and then uh yeah so I was born in Florida and uh and in the water before, I, I do not remember like learning to swim. I don't remember like having any trouble with it ever or anything. I just, I just, I, it's like I always knew. To well, your mum was in the water and your dad was a water in the water. It's like in your DNA. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so Florida and then you're um, in Las Vegas and that was because for your dad to get well, work? Then, uh, you know, well, what happened was my, my dad had, um, you know, all the... He's a very uh, uh, in entrepreneurial, inventor type of person, constantly thinking ideas, and you know, it's very visionary. And um, I used to, I used to say to him when I was, <laughs> I used to say to him, I think when I was in my teens, I'm like, how do you just come up with? You have like a thousand ideas a day, Dad. <laughs> now I understand it because I, I, I'm, I'm the same. But his idea at the time was that the pole vaulters and the high jumpers were landing in sawdust. So that's what they, they, they would do the, you know, the, you know, you do the run and the, the high, and the high jump and then the pole vault they land. So we got some foam rubber together and these pieces of foam runner rubber netting. And he built this like bed thing out of netting and foam rubber with a, a friend. And then to show how it worked, he dove off a 40 foot grandstand. 
And he's such a beautiful diver, so beautiful in the air. Did like a swan dive, you know, off of that thing. Yeah. And um, people were like, oh my God. They were, they, they were so excited about the dive. And at the time, Re- Evil Knievel, who was a daredevil motorcycle, you know, he was like... Uh, Is he an idol of your dad? No, uh, no, he, my dad, he was not an idol. My, my, my dad's like, ah, Evil Knievel's a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so he, but he saw what he was doing. He's like, oh, he's like, Fuck, I could do that. I could do, you know, my own version of that. So he just ended up, um, he started jumping off things. And like, if you opened up a, a hotel and you wanted to get some publicity, he would dump, jump off like the eighth floor or whatever into, into what he, he called this thing a sponge. Are you kidding? It looked like a big sponge. It was, but it wasn't this very is amazing. Big. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very big. It was nine feet wide, 13 feet long. Like, yeah, yeah not it, much room for error. It's small. Yeah. And we have, I have pictures of what it looks like. The thing looks like a matchbox, right? And he like, uh, so he started, you know, he, he had an age and he started, he's like, oh, and he started jumping out of a balloon. So he, he had a balloon, a big giant hot air balloon, and he jumped 85 feet. Oh my God. Yeah, he's got the biggest balls ever, right? And, and, has stories of like changing and like he would be up there before and he'd be telling no 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 radio communication yeah. he'd get up at the top of the balloon and then he would do hand signals to uh, uh, somebody he had down and he would tell them to move it like move it over move it over if it was too windy he has this whole story of how he had a 10 day contract in Japan and he said the whole time he was there, it was a typhoon. And he said, he said, he, he's like, he wouldn't jump. He's like, yeah, it's too windy. And he said, he, he, cause we had all these dealings with Japanese uh, surf industry stuff. I, he helped me with my contracts and things like that. And I was going to say, did that help with the relation? Cause I know you wear Axe and that's Japanese wetsuits. Yeah, it? no, that, but yeah, that's Japanese. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, we digress. Hey, but yeah, but anyway, so he would tell me, he's like, yeah, they kept, they just kept asking me, are you going to jump? And he's like, he's like, no, it's too windy. And they would, he, he said they would send people up. Like he said, he said they would come back and ask every hour, are you going to jump? And he's going to jump. He's like, no, I'm not going to jump until when, until the wind stops. He's like, I'm not going to do it. He's like, he couldn't believe he said they asked like 10 times like I was finally going to go okay I'll do it you know he's like no I'm not jumping it's too windy you know and uh, <laughs> so a- anyway he started doing this and then he jumped out of like uh, like Monday Night Football has a halftime show and he jumped at New England at the Patriot Stadium and 72 we have a picture of him with, with like 50,000 people and you know he started off this thing and yeah, he's just like, uh, and so w- by the time we got to Las Vegas, um, he had a he had like a consistent gig. So it was like, he just jumped out of the top of the casino. They would move the crap tables over. He had that, what do you call it? He calls it, um, he called it the sponge plunge. So it was like Joe, jumping Joe Gerlock's sponge plunge. And it was, a, he was a daredevil. And he always gets called the stuntman, but he wasn't a stuntman. He was a daredevil. <laughs> so they're lesser known because there's less of them, you know, but like, you know what's amazing though? I'm thinking like life without phones, technology, dad's jumping out of hot air balloons, people are present to like, and then mm. only way you're hearing about this sort of is in the newspaper article mm. or word of mm. mouth. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how legends start, right? Yeah. And you think about that, like people are like, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, 
But today, part, of, part of the draw was like, is he going to miss? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I don't believe it. Like, I'm not. You know, I'm going to see this with my own eyes. And then, like, I think. Do you think today, myths and legends aren't so prevalent because we're all just fucking saturated on our phones? And like, there's definitely something missing. There, there is, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet there's there's access to some very very smart, very deep people. There's more access, so it's about not getting distracted and staying focused on what you want. Cherry picking. Yeah, and cherry picking, and that's really difficult because there's they're, they're professional, I mean, algorithms designed to distract the fuck out of you, to keep you on the, the device. Yeah, on the pig. <laughs> and so you, you have to have uh, you either have to be Discipline. G- gifted to be like laser focused on your goal or you need guidance you know what I mean and fortunately th- I'm so thankful I didn't have a phone when I was a kid because I I'm so interested in so many different topics and all this stuff and I just I hadn't I just had nothing else I mean I just was like this is it for me you know until until actually my dad did start coaching me. He didn't help me at all until I was 17. Okay, so let's go back a bit. You said you're, you're in Vegas and yeah. then yeah. Do you, had you, you, you'd seen the ocean in Florida, but there's, well, no. there is surf there, but there's not much. Don't really remember that. We yeah. lived in California, I guess, too, for a little bit. Don't remember that. And then and then we, we lived in Chicago and... It's a windy city. Yeah, we lived in Chicago while I, when I was one. Um, and then, and my grandparents are from Canada, so we went up to Canada a lot. Um, my mother's Canadian. Um, and then I think we lived in New Jersey for just a little bit too. And then we moved out. Well, we after Las Vegas, we um, we moved to California. And so I re- that's when when we moved to California, and I was about four or five. Yeah. That's I. That's when I remember that a lot. Uh, and and where, whereabouts? We moved to um, we moved to Cardiff, actually, uh, Encinitas, Car- Cardiff area. And one of my earliest memories is my dad took the sponge out of the garage and put it out into the um, <laughs> into the driveway. And I mean, this would never happen today because of insurance and liability and all that stuff. And all the kids in the neighborhood were jumping off the balcony into the into the sponge. Oh, are you kidding? I'm not even How kidding. Fun. It was insane. We all were like, woohoo. I mean he would supervise and make sure they weren't gonna miss, you know, but yeah, like yeah. I mean I mean other kids were doing it. So second floor stuff. Second floor of a, a you know, about our balcony and we were yeah. diving off into the sponge and we we're like, Yay, you know, it's like jiving you know, and, and you know those air um those air things that are like 50 feet wide and 60 feet long. You can't miss them no matter what. Stunt wasn't, people use. Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. Yeah, the yeah. thing is nine feet wide and 13 feet long. I'm thinking I mean, like a high jump mat? Yeah, but it's a, it's like a, they call it a porta pit Yeah. Yeah, porta pit So he invented the porta pit and then he didn't, uh, just the way he is, he, he his, the guy took, took it and took it to himself, took it for himself and my, my dad just, uh, I don't think he, I, think he paid, right. I don't think he. I think he paid attention to the details. I think he trusted people, and then yeah. But anyway, that's one of my earliest memories, and and um, no surfing, no nothing, just big wheel riding down hills, and you know, and and uh, doing stuff like that. Then we moved to Los Angeles. 
and I remember playing. That's when I started playing sports, um, t-ball, and and um, uh, yeah, t-ball is the main one I remember, which is like it's it's like they put they put a I, I don't know if you have it here but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they put the ball on a tee and then you play baseball but baseball is a lot more prevalent in uh, in the states than it is here in Australia. oh yeah shit yeah it's but like, we did play I remember playing tee ball as a kid and I was like I was into it man I love that shit. I love tee ball too I thought it was I thought it was super fun I couldn't believe you know I had a hard time with I couldn't believe kids would miss the ball <laughs> and and I'd look and think like how do you miss it it's just sitting right <laughs> there you know what I mean and they would just miss it but. Um, and then, yeah, we moved, uh, and then we, um, and that's, yeah, I, I remember some, we moved, when we moved to Los Angeles, we lived in the valley, uh, north, north, called Northridge, and, uh, there was an earthquake, I got into the, our car, and, and, and I, you know, the car windows open, whatever, and I just put the thing in, in neutral, and the car backed into the, like, I mean, there was just like, I mean... I, my mother wasn't paying attention. She was very young. She was 19 or 20 when she had me. So I think she was, you know, drinking and, you know, not paying attention and be like, yeah, fine. Who knows? Whatever. Like oh, something a different I, style of parenting. It's just a different style of parenting. I mean, yeah. I would, uh, there's just no way that my wife and I are, 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 you know, not that we're helicopter parents, but we know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just a different time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. And so, um, Kids were just something in the background, I think. Totally, yeah, totally. And you know, that's when we got our first dog. We had a basset hound with a that was mixed with a, a German Shepherd. It was the cutest freaking dog. It was just so cute. I loved it. And um, and then yeah, we uh, then we moved over to another spot and ha- which was had a big hill. And um, th- I used to ride down the hill on this Tonka truck and just like yeah, I went to play t-ball play all stuff and um yeah just memories of were you good you at know, school at school yeah i had to have glasses at that point i remember being super embarrassed about him and yeah. um i don't remember being good at school because i uh i was too i ad i've add it's i was too like uh I don't want to say smart, but I was too. Sh- I, I I could mimic the teacher. Like I just was. The teacher would talk. I wouldn't hear a word they're saying, but I. I but I noticed that they had a weird lisp yeah. or something, and I'd be like, and then they go and and I go. Well, something on your lip. Yeah, I just got you know, and I just I needed to be in. I actually look when I look at that, I needed to be in advanced classes that were like moving fast you know but there were faster moving stuff because the kids that couldn't read and couldn't do stuff i was just like while they were going and he said the thing i i was already like like i just was like hyper and yeah yeah yeah, like i mean just you know bouncing so i don't remember being really good at school but i don't i don't remember also um but sport would have been fun sport was super fun yeah Yeah, i was really into sports i really liked american football and i like soccer and i like baseball and um i i i I have total memories of being in my room imagining like a whole underground thing that went down to the 7-eleven so i could get ice cream whenever i wanted (laughs) just i remember just doing all this like imagination i remember lighting a fire in a very fire zone, not knowing anything and trying to stamp it out and then stamping it out and be like, all right, cool. Then lighting another one. And then around a couple of other kids, cause of the way we walked home from school, 
and then it got out of control and I was then they just took off running I'm like help me stamp it out and I was trying to stamp it out and then it was just like I'm not going to be able to stamp this out so I just ran home oh no it was still going and it was still going and then I remember being at home and then you know heard all the sirens and all that stuff and this is like California like dry you know like terrible and tinderbox totally and I remember going to school the next day and they were like you know Brad we called me into the thing and they were like did you light it da, 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 da. and I just was like and I'm not a very good liar but at this but 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 I was so young at that point I was like oh no no wasn't me you know <laughs> oh no no I yeah I heard about it but no wasn't me and they were like okay they couldn't get me because I didn't and I didn't act guilty either I was like but did one of the other kids obviously said oh yeah we were like no, never got busted never got busted no. but it was one of those things and at that point in my life too I also um, I also used to sell rocks so I would go <laughs> knock on the neighbor's door and say uh, hey you want to buy a rock and they'd be like, how much? And I, I, I would come home with money. And um, I, my dad told me that I tried to sell him a rock. Say, Dad, you want to buy a rock? It sounds pretty funny, a rock, you know. Yeah, it's like, I was just like, oh, cool. These are free and I can sell them. So I'd just like, I'm like, hey, Dad, you want to buy a rock? And he's like, yeah, how much? And I said, a dollar. And he goes, a dollar? I'll give you a quarter. And I'm like, well, I'll take it. But see, I had no overhead, nothing. I was just like, I'm already ahead, 25 cents. Yeah. I'm killing it. <laughs> and Free then drop, he, yeah. he thought, right, he's like, whoa, this kid's like a little, this kid's going to be fine. He's going to be a little sales guy, you know? But um, uh, I still want, at that point, I was like, I wanted to be an American football player. I love football. My dad loved football. I watched it. I was like, I want to be a you know, wide receiver. That's what I want to be. I want to be the star, was like really even interested. more than the quarterback? What? No, I liked the drama. The drama. Does the wide receiver catch it from catch the quarterback? It, catch it, catch it, yeah, and okay. diving catches. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for to win Dude, the game yeah. and like the the, the 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 athleticism and the hand-eye coordination. I wanted to be that guy, not the quarterback. Yeah, I wanted to be the one that caught the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, but um, and my dad hated baseball. And I used to say, well, if I'm a major league baseball player, will you come watch my games? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I'll come watch your games. If that's what you, want. you know, to be like, if you become a major league baseball player, of course I'll yeah. come watch your games. <laughs> okay, cool. But yeah, I just was already thinking about how I could be a star because I watched my dad. He was on TV. He was on like the Merv Griffin show. He was on like... Uh, Mike Douglas, I think he was on. Um, what's that other guy's name? Um, God, I can't think of the guy's name. It's a classic. We have it actually. We have the tapes and stuff of it. But um, so was he come? He was he brought in to be part like an actor or as a like? Um, no, it was like a talk show, right? So they oh, would come in show. and he okay. would come in and then he they would they would show his you know his jump from yeah. the balloon and then he it was like a you know Interview. his agent set it up for him to get more publicity and stuff like that. So I just he was just a superstar. So I was like, man, I gotta be I I, I gotta I gotta be a superstar. So it'll be interesting to see what my sons want to do, you know, and um, my at, at that same place where I took the fire, my uh, my dad cut these, he's, he started playing golf and he cut these clubs in half for me. And I used to go to the driving range with him all the time. And um, I, I did that from like five to 12 years old, something like that. And, <clears throat> and, and he... <laughs> 
said tell me look at the ball <laughs> look at the ball and I'd be like oh god okay you know <laughs> he used to get mad at me and then um, yeah because you lift your head before you hit it yeah time. totally yeah. and yeah. then and same with diving when I did a bit of diving he he, 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 he was impatient so I was like I don't want to do this you're getting all mad at me you know so that's I gotta I, I, you know like that's I'm uh, I'm not mad at my son if they do if he comes to the golf and he doesn't look at the ball I'm gonna say hey, look at the ball but like you know I'm not gonna get mad or isn't it surfing? funny the little things that shape you it, with surfing I'm energy. not gonna be yeah I'm not gonna be like you know if my sons have like really crappy surf styles it, that's just that's I'm not gonna I'm I, you know and one day they're gonna be dad my style sucks can you help me yeah but not I can't if I step in there too early or whatever it's just not the, it's not their own they're not gonna have their own thing and I want they, they need to have their own yeah, yeah. I, I, their I like fire this. their own fire you know advice should be given uh, when asked for or in a life threatening circumstance hmm this, this is something the old man said to me not that long ago and I was like fuck I wish I had said this a long time ago he said advice should be given uh, when asked for or in a life threatening circumstance mm-hmm. otherwise just no it's 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 um it's uh, it's interesting I I um I I, ne- I I've already been bitten by giving people advice and I'm like gosh like why did I do that why did I do that I just you know and I um and um even even the other day I was at surfing recon and like yeah I always talk with Adam uh, Robertson and his son surfing surfing his son surfing so good but I noticed something with his foot and I'm like oh you know you know that if he, if he develops a bad habit you know um, you know if he develops that bad habit with um, with that 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 then that's that's not such a good thing so I kind of was like, uh, you know, like, should I say something? Should I not say something? That's my rule. Don't break your rule. Just don't say anything. Don't say anything. But then I ended up, I ended up saying, well, I prefaced it like I was like, you want a tip? I mean, I'm already breaking my own rule. Oh God, sorry, there's okay. postman's here. Oh. I'll pause that. Left off. So yeah, no, like, uh, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, you know, I'm gonna break my rule here, and I ended up telling giving him I asked him if he wanted the tip and he said yes and then so I gave a tip I'm like because you can't you're pushing your you're, you're, you're helping your son catch the wave and then you're watching from the back so you're not able to see what's what 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 he's doing in the front yeah right? yeah so and he has asked me he has said he would he would like to um, he'd like for his son to work with me in the future um uh, so I just thought, okay, well, I'll just give you this one. And then he said to me, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, it's really, um, he goes, he goes, you should, he goes, he doesn't really want to watch anything like over there, but you should say something to him. And I was just, I just went like, there's no way I'm saying anything to your son. Like he has to ask me because I remember being a kid. I remember all those people telling me, bend your legs, do this, do that. And I remember just thinking, leave me alone. Mind your own business. <laughs> Even though they, they had their intention was good, but they were offering unsolicited advice. So now that I've stepped in, now I'm stepping into a, I mean, I've been a coach for 15 years almost, but like it's really getting going to be well known now that I'm, I'm, I teach. Yeah. The last thing I want to be doing is 
you know, telling everybody, hey, this, 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 you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you want to yeah. know something, you know what I mean? Like, you need to ask me. And then probably need to ask me when I'm not surfing. And, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> you need to ask me at the right time, you know what I mean? But, like, but like it, it's how did I get to, to hear about that? Unsol- uh, well, it was just, just, just my dad was, you was golf. He, and my dad down. was just too he was too much on 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 golf and so i i kind of did stop playing and then same with diving i didn't want to dive because he was too critical and too he would get annoyed and i thought oh i'm gonna do something wrong and i don't want to disappoint him you know he's my hero you know and so so i um so when i started when i started surfing he didn't really pay attention do you, do, i just i want to know uh, do you remember the first time you saw it in a magazine or in real life on the telly and was like, what the fuck is this? Surfing? Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, well, the thing was, is I don't remember that much of that. I do remember seeing a guy with a surfboard going surfing who looked cool. Yeah. He had a bike and he had one of the, he had the surfboard that was, the surfboard had was like, he built this wagon wheels and like a little book and a board, um, like a, and then and, and then connected to his bike, so it laid down. You know those like ones a caddy, that were, a caddy, yeah, yeah, like behind you. Yeah, and he was like, he just, he just, he he kind of was, he was t-shirt and just like he just, he just looked cool. He, and he looked solo, and he was going to do it by himself, and he was off. I'll see you later. I'm going surfing. I was like, no way. Not That's a cool. And the well. surf, surf wasn't that far away, but for a seven year old, it was pretty. Like we could see the ocean from when. We, this is when. So after after that little period when I, that was second grade for me, where the fire and the, yeah. the golf clubs and the you know we had a pool and tried to dive and it was you know like you know not really you know whatever. I was playing t-ball. Uh, my parents got divorced, and uh, my mother's like, "I'm out of L.A. I'm going to move back to Encinitas." So that's what we moved back to Encinitas. We didn't live that close to the beach. Um, we lived close. I mean. With, it's close to the beach for an adult, but for a seven-year-old, it's, that's right. Yeah, it's it's not that close. So one day, like, so I started to skateboard um, a little bit, and I just would eat it, dude. I would just come home with like just cuts everywhere, and just I would just eat it. And there was this little, you know, there was this little, this little. Was this in the seventies? Yeah. So it was and were the wheels when the wheels were really hard. Yeah, they were clay. Um, th- th- this is nineteen seventy. Four. Yeah, 1974. And um, so I was eight. Yeah, yeah, eight. And so every year for my birthday, I get a, do- I get a dollar um, for each year. So I got an eight bucks for, for my birthday. And I bought a surfboard uh, for seven bucks. <laughs> it was a Bing. And um, the reason I know it was seven is I spent a dollar on the, on the ice cream man. And um, hold on, a whole dollar. Yet the seven. Look at the. That was over a period of time. No, no, I know what you mean, but like, was it ice cream and dollar? Mm-mm. No, no, no. Over a period of time. Over a period of time, got I, got I took my took my stuff and I, I, you know, I would buy it. You know, I got a every 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 day the thing the guy came by, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get one. So then I only had seven bucks left. So yeah. anyway, I bought this board and I bought it off that guy that was the cool guy. You know, oh, and, did you? Yeah, it came full circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
because he was the only one I knew that surfed, and I was like, hey, I want it. He's like, I got a board, you know, like kind of. And, um, yeah, man. Um, Did you surf with that guy? Years later, I think. Um, but um, the this is and then this is when I started playing um, baseball. You know, where, where they throw the pitches and stuff. And um, I got to tell this story because when I first like moved there, so my dad, my mom split. I was super bummed about it. Yeah. Then. Um, there were these girls that lived and then, you know, start playing like kissing games with these girls, these two girls. And, um, and then the, the one of the girls, um, she's like a real tomboy. She was on the baseball team too. And her older brother is like, uh, her, I think, I think she's, she's, she, she plays way better than you. And I was like, you know, fuck you, man. You know? And he's like, she's so much better. You're such a fuck. You know, I remember just like that. And then one day, I fucking hit a home run one day. Just fucking boof. I was so pissed off at the guy, and it got a got a hold of it. Just boof, hit this home run, <laughs> and uh, and he was there, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> it was like that first feeling of like revenge, like yeah. that kind of like ah. just jog the whole thing staring oh, at him. Right, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. And then he won like a coke and a and a small pizza at uh, at this um, at this pizza place, uh, Shakey's Pizza. I remember coming in going like, yeah, here's my fucking hit a home run. So like, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it was such a good feeling. It was such a good feeling, but, um, so fun. And then, yeah, that was kind of, that was my whole thing. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember. So at the time on the TV show and I, I know this conversation is full of tangents and all that stuff, but you're asking about memories and they're just popping into my head. But I used to watch Kung Fu the TV show in the seventies and I loved it and he used to meditate. So I copied him and I'd meditate and I meditated on a motorcycle. I was like, man, I want a motorcycle. And I just would meditate. I meditated on this little motorcycle with a silver tank. And then one day my dad shows up and for my birthday, he gets me a motorcycle with a silver tank. I was just like, so I got a motorcycle when I was about eight years old, and um, what, what was it? It was an 80? Indian, Indian, an 50. Indian. You got an Indian fifty? Uh -huh. How sick! Yeah, I know. Wish I still had it. Like they're they're, they're just as good as like a Harley. In it was just a little guy. Better. It was just like a little guy. You know what I mean? And, but the um, brand, yeah, it was the brand Indian. It's iconic. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, uh, I could only ride it when my dad would visit. My dad didn't visit that much. And um, yeah, but I remember getting in those. I remember getting into physical fights uh, with other kids. Um, uh, I don't know why, you know. Just well, I think at that time, you know, that's parents split. I was pissed yeah. off about it, you know. My mother was not. My dad's so much more affectionate. My mom and I didn't realize that, like that. I need, you know, like I, I realized that two years later that I needed that. I needed, needed affection from my mother and. <clears throat> She just, she had to work, you know, and, and I was home alone a lot, you know, with my sister and just, you know, I just, I got into trouble. I did all kinds of stuff. And then, um, yeah, I signed up, I signed up for, for football, you know, I was like, all right, finally I'm old enough to play football. And, 
I got in trouble. I jumped off something, landed on a car, dented this car. And then my mother said, you can't play football. Took me out of football. I never got to play. I was only eight, you must right? Have been pissed. I was super bummed. Yeah. But in the end, she told me um, when I was an adult, she's like, I, I did. I, I actually was looking for an excuse to take you out of there because I didn't want you to be. Um, I didn't want you to get all these kids getting concussions and head injuries. I just, I didn't want to do that, you know. And I was like, uh, smart. But um, what was the reason I mentioned that now is because I um, is I. I'll, I'll, I'll get there but like basically I'm about eight so then I buy that surfboard I go my dad shows up then we go to the beach and then <clears throat> go surfing I go surfing I'm by myself he doesn't help me or anything I just kind of drag this board and it's a blown out day and I just can't catch a wave or anything it's really difficult I'm getting beaten up all this stuff I come in I go yeah I don't really like I don't like surfing yeah, I just and he's like, oh, oh well, you know, yeah, there's lots of other things, you know, whatever it is. Okay, cool. I just shelf it. I don't even think about it, you know. I still keep skateboarding. And then I start, then I start noticing like you know, Dogtown and that kind of stuff. And I start, I start digging like you know, skateboarding. I start paying attention to skateboarding. I like, I like skateboarding. And then like, how what, good was skateboarding? Oh, it was so kids. good, especially where freedom, we, especially where we grew up because we, I mean. Uh, grew up because I grew up in Encinitas where Logan Erski was and Greg Weaver and like you know was Rampage and like skateboarding was big in Encinitas and Lucadia and San Diego San Diego pools and you know there's just like pipelines and just all kinds of like skateboarding big in San Diego and waterways lots of new development in La Costa so there was just all these crazy hills these guys would just bomb these hills and all that stuff so it was just like skateboarding was and then do you remember I, that Josh Rogan movie down that down, when he was a downhill racer is just Josh Josh no not Josh Rogan mm. is it Josh I know you're talking about the Seth Rogan no no Josh uh, in No Country from Old oh Brolin Josh Brolin yeah yeah do you remember yeah. that really early one he did where he was a skater no I don't remember that oh dude that movie was so Californian in my mind in the uh, 80s anyway yeah keep going yeah so but, yeah. but the, well, there was all these guys skating and all stuff and then when they when they um so anyway, what happened was we, I went to my grandparents' place for the summer in, um, when I was about 10, I just had turned 10. And then my, my mom, uh, and her boyfriend moved us to, uh, Lucadia by the beach, you know, this beach called Beacons. And we, uh, and so when we got, when I got back from Canada, I was like a walk, walking distance to the beach and it was summer. And, um, one day uh, my friend came over. He was a little bit older than me. And, you know, when you're a kid, like you tell everybody, yeah, we're cousins. You know, it wasn't my cousin, but we told everybody we're cousins. And um, we walked down to the beach together. We're just going swimming. And uh, when we went down there, uh, there weren't very many people around. Um, There's a homeless guy. And then there was just like scattered, maybe 15 people to- like total, like, you know, just not scattered about or whatever. And you go down the steps. <clears throat> this is a cliff. You got these steps at Beacons. And then I get down the steps and then I look and I go, oh, there's a surfboard just laying there. And it has no fin on it. It's just laying there, but nobody's by it. And it's weird because I'm like, that's, people just leave surfboards, do they? It's like, what, who's, what is that? And my friend's like, come on, let's go. Let's go swimming. What? It? Somebody's bored. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, dude, that, like, that might, 
I want to know. I was just so curious. So I asked all these people around, you know, people that were way too far away from the surfboard, you know, that didn't even look like they surfed. It was their surfboard just to make sure I wasn't stealing it, you know, and I was like, is that yours? And they're like, no. So I went back over to it. I looked at it, had a picture of Jesus on it and no fin. And I just, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take it and, and surf on it today. It was like no wind, just real glassy, just not, you know, smallish waves, you know, not, not that, you know, it was like totally different than the first time I did it two years ago. And I stood up on it right away and it started spinning around and I did that like two or three times. And then I just, I told my friend, I'm like, dude, you should try this. This is incredible. I'm going to run home and get, <laughs> I'm going to get that that $7 surfboard and come right back. He's like, what are you doing? Come on. Let's just hang out on the beach and go swimming. Like he was yeah. kind of like annoyed at me. Like what's wrong with you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I ran home, I got the board and I just, I, I like started surfing that day. And I'll end by like, seriously, you know, like, like I was saying about sports, how I wanted to be a pro pro uh, football player and a ba- if a major league. Yeah. I started thinking about being a professional surfer, like within the shortest amount of time, <laughs> I was already thinking, See, if I do this every day, I might be the best surfer in fifth grade, which means chicks will dig me and people will like me and this will be good, you know? And I started thinking, you know, so I surfed every day. And then on, my mother worked for a real estate agent and the, all the real estate agent guys surf. And so we went, and this is in November uh, so I started surfing in August of 76 and then by November um, this is the beginning of November November 7th 1976 uh, I was at a sort of a beach picnic with my mother and the um, and the um, and the uh, the real estate guys and I was surfing with them and stuff and from all my early days of being in the pool when I was a little kid I and being hyper I used to love being at the bottom of the pool and getting scared squash down and then shooting to the top and feeling the water like feeling like a fish I used to just love that the power of of the of of the ground and like pushing against it so I was such a hyper kid I took off on this wave I fell backwards I it was a sand bottom break and um and I touched the ground and I just did the same thing I went you know, I popped back up. At the same time I popped back up, the surfboard had continued down and nosedived and then shot back and hit me square in the nose. Like, I mean, it it's weird. I can still sort of remember the impact. It was just like such a powerful impact. Just boom, right on my nose. I didn't, it didn't knock me out. But I was like stunned. And then when I came, you know, I was crying and stuff like that. And like my my whole nose, it busted my lip completely all the way through, deviated my septum, made my septum go like, look like an accordion. Lucky didn't drive it into your brain. No, it's, there's so many lucky eye, tooth, all these different things just square in the, in the, in the schnoz, you know what I mean? Right in the snorkel. (laughs) Boom. You know what I mean? And... And I, I had, um, got, you know, went to the hospital, uh, mother's on like a, you know, small salary. They're like, uh, you know, no insurance. Like, do you want, what do you, do you want me just to regular stitch him up? You know, his face going to look, it was cut all the way through. This was cut. That was cut. It was broken. It was like, you could pull it apart. 
She's like, or do you want plastic surgery? Because plastic surgery is going to be really expensive. And she's like, plastic surgery, just whatever it costs, doesn't matter. Just fix his face, you know, fix it the best you possibly can, you know. And um, so I had plastic surgery and then I had a cast on my face, you know, for months. And uh, I didn't go to school for a while. And uh, then when the cast came off, the, the, the scar had pulled my nose like this. So I had to have another operation. I didn't surf for like a year and a half. I, I pledged to never surf again. I, I was telling my mother, I'm like, I'm never surfing again. She's like, well, you might. I'm like, no, not. No way. I'm just, no way. I'll skateboard. I'm not going to surf again. That's, I'm not going to, there's no way. And so I was in the hospital a lot. What, you know, and I couldn't, people, every time I'd go somewhere, people were just staring at me because I had like this cast, like no, like, like it was like, it was a cast actually. Went like this. It went down like that, and then went like that, and I had to wear it, and I went out in public. Like wrote, braces to push everything back into place, just to keep everything from being from moving. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it was yeah. plaster. You yeah. know what I mean? Like an arm cast. You yeah. know? And um, I'm sure they do it differently now, but like you know, fuck, everybody's looking at me. And I remember saying to my mom, I'm "Like, what the, what's everybody looking at?" <laughs> like I was like, Rah! I was so mad, you know. And um, and then. Yeah, and then when it finally you know came off, my, my face was pretty swollen. Finally, I had to go back to school. My kids are so mean, you know. Oh, you got a pig nose, you know, you know, hair lip, and you know, like you know, uh, n- n- you know, the N word, you know, kind of nose, all kinds of like real negative, real. St- yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was just like, God, I'm so ugly. I'm so ugly. Like I was just so pissed off. Dude, I was pissed. Yeah, yeah, I bet. And um, and somehow, like after a while, we lived by the beach, and I was like, "All right, fuck," you know, like I'm like it was. It's the only place to play, you know. And so I every all the kids went to the beach, and this reason the beach. So I went, "Oh, okay, I'll go to the beach. I'll just go swimming," you know. And I went down there, and everybody's surfing and then stuff. And I was like, eh, "No, no." Finally, one day, I'm like, "You know what? I'll kneeboard. That's what I'll do." And uh, <laughs> I borrowed this kid's kneeboard, and and I, told, I had the clearest memory of this. I remember being on this really glassy, really nice, beautiful, you know, sort of sort of head high, maybe up, maybe shoulder high wave, kneeboarding half of it, and I'm like, this is I want this is stupid. And I just stood up, and then oh, and then I could do it because I had the three months before. And it was a kneeboard. It was a small board. And I was like, that wave. I was like, that's it. I'm surfing now. I'm surfing again. Oh, I'm back. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the the kid's kneeboard, he didn't live by the beach. And I'm like, hey, kid, why don't you leave the board at my house? You know, you 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 can't put a board on the bus. And you can just take the bus down. You can go anytime. This will help your surfing a lot. This will be really good for you. You know what I mean? This will be really good. Cool. You're you're into it? Oh, you're not? You're not? But I think it would be really good for you. I think, here here's my number. Look, dude anytime like I'm actually going to call you motivate you to get come down here and he was probably eight <laughs> and, I, and I was like 11 and a half or something like that yeah, yeah. and then from that day forward I just started <laughs> and going and surfing every day I surfed every day on his kneeboard until until he finally went hey can I get my kneeboard back and yeah. then I was like alright so then I went and I bought a I, I bought a I bought a board and then yeah I went, went and I started on that and so that's kind of my first that's my first that's before I served in any contest before I anything and I you know started pouring through the magazines and looking at Rabbit and MR and Larry Bertelman and um, you know Wayne Lynch and uh, 
you know. Uh, uh, so you, you remember all those images that were like. Oh, dude, I was like. So inspiring. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And where we, we lived in like hippie Encinitas and it was like the self-realization centers on the cliff at Swami's and people were drinking smoothies and like healthy and then doing yoga. And like, I was like, oh, people care about each other. It's like fellowship and like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. I love surfing so much because I loved all the community part of it, you know? And, um. Yeah, and then um, there been a, there were swamis. I remember that name. There been a few shark. Any sharks? Mm-mm. No, not a swamis. Mm-mm. No, swamis is just an Encinitas. It's a very good wave, and it's like the best wave in, in town, and um, arguably. And then um, there's yeah, it's just a real fun right. Like it's not quite a point. It's like a reef, yeah. you know. But it feels like a point, and that's what I surfed beacons all the time. Until we moved, and then, um, yeah, I used to skateboard for three miles. I leave my board at the beach at Beacons, and I skated three miles to Beacons every morning before school. And I had the whole, I had the weight totally wired with. I do snaps underneath trees, get fully barreled, put my arm like MR, you know, pretend I was Shane, then pretend I was Bertelman, and I had like a whole scenario going on every single morning as I went to the beach and then I get there and then it'd be windy or not good and all the other kids that live at the beach are like we're not surfing it's no good and I'd be like sweaty going I'm out there and plus I had uh, I had this one guy I swear it's just like out of a movie I had this one older guy saying yeah and he talked like this he was like yeah and he had like Surfing World magazine so he's like yeah there's kids in, there's kids in Australia they're fucking better than MR they just fucking like 10, 12 years old and they, they just they just keep, they got, they're stuck in school but yeah fuck if you want to be good you gotta fucking surf every day every fucking day and I was just like oh okay <laughs> I'm doing it. I was like, I believed it. I was like, okay. Do you know who that dude was? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. of course. Yeah, yeah. He was my best friend's older brother's best friend, and they lived in a um, they lived in a in a duplex situation, and they were their families were best friends. So there were two boys over here, two boys over here. My f- best friend's mother's from Mexico. Beautiful lady, like food all the time over there no food at my house no food at my house (laughs) (laughs) and so his name's Alex and Alex and I just surfed every day all every day we played on the beach we just there were dolphins they were like you know there was just like we were in our wetsuits we were in our wetsuits all the time we were skate we were going down to 7-Eleven and there was a pinball machine and an asteroids machine and we played asteroids are we in the 80s now no not yet we're, wow. This is 77, 78, 78, 78. I was 12. Yeah. And going to the roller rink and stuff. And that's when the new skateboards had like, um, you know, so they started having urethane wheels. And then we were going over to like his older brother had friends. And we go over and there. These guys were riding pools. There was an empty pool. And we were watching like, watching all these rad skateboards ride these pools. And then we were going to parties. And we were the Groms at the party. And there's chicks everywhere. And it's Led Zeppelin and and Rush. And like, dude, it was the music was insane. Bad company. And like, I mean, it was like a soundtrack of that time was just... And people were riding lightning bolts, single fins. And everybody, everything was single fins. And then um, what a what a time, dude! It was insane. It was. I was like, this is what I'm doing. I remember my mother saying, like, I'm like, I'm gonna be a professional surfer, mom. She's like, well, yeah, cool. You know, there's other things. I'm all, no, there isn't. 
<laughs> oh, no, there is not. This is what I'm doing. And uh, <laughs> and I hadn't even started a contest yet. Or anything. I didn't know how anything was happening. And then, and then, um, yeah. And then I got in trouble with her. I was bigger than her. And I just was doing whatever I wanted. I could, whatever. And she couldn't control me. And finally, she's like, you have to move with your dad. And my dad was in Arizona. And he was doing his, he, at, by this point, he had stopped doing the diving, all the diving thing. And he had a laser light show. He had, he had a laser light show with 300 bean bags in it. And it was airfield dome that was a mylar so it was all mir- it was a mirrored dome and he had like Pink Floyd in there and like you know my dad used to get stoned and he used to say don't don't smoke my, my dad was like sounds pretty my, cool my dad was like don't smoke uh, well you know I know there's gonna be some chicks around this is how he said it to me I know you're gonna be some chicks there's gonna be some stuff around you know if you're gonna smoke just take one super small hit you don't need to get too stoned <laughs> So you'd be stupid, you know, he's like, and he didn't tell me not to do it. He kind of just told me like, just do only the tiniest amount. And I was like, that's kind of cool because I'm doing what I want anyway. He's not going to, nobody's watching, you know, but so yeah, I, I traveled. That's and a whole you? other thing. I, I did. I'd smoke just a little bit, but I and always, did you ever smoke and go into his laser thing? Um, you know, I don't remember smoking going in there, but. I worked. That was one of my first jobs. That's where I first got laid, too. Um, in the laser dome? In the laser dome. Oh, my God. That is amazing. <laughs> in the laser dome. I, had the, I, was four, I was 14, and these three girls were in New Jersey. He had a, a consistent one. He had one for the whole summer in New Jersey. Uh, and um, So in the laser dome, like, was it like... Prints on the roof, like it was. was la- it, he shot lasers through prisms that were on motors and stuff like that. That they spun around and they went to the music. And he had Tchaikovsky and he had Electric Light Orchestra. He had Pink Floyd. And then when you walked, dude, he used I would to get. He used to be in that Pink dude, Floyd he line. would. He 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 got out there and he would tell people. He'd be on the microphone and he would tell people ten thousand laser beams, an experience you've never seen before all to like rock and roll music come on inside money back guarantee if you don't like it if it isn't the best experience you don't like it you get your money back it's a dollar fifty and he had like two he had lines going people were and then and he played like the cars um you know that um let the good times roll oh it's such a good song it's on a Spotify so when, playlist so that. when people I'm getting my hair standing up but so when people walked into the dump, into like the first people because the, the, it was he'd do 20 minute shows no one could do a 20 minute show today right because it was people's detention yeah, yeah, yeah. but 20 minute shows people first people would walk in my job was to make sure okay I'm 13 14 right in that zone and then my job is to let people know that you can only have one beanbag per person because we got a lot of people going coming in here. So the first people would come in and it'd be go ching jack let the good time. You know what I mean? People would be coming and going yeah, and they'd grab all the beanbags, stuff them together, and make like a bed and be like yeah, like this right. And I'd have to come up with the bummer news and be like, hey man, and I'm a kid. I'm like, hey man, it's supposed to be only one beanbag person. They go shut up, kid, get away from me. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, I hate this job, you know? 
and then when when the whole thing was done like when all the shows were finished or whatever at night i had my job was to sweep up the beans right because the beans would go all over the place and then my dad at the time and would people smoke in there drink what were they doing you weren't allowed to smoke in there yeah. but yeah um but people were getting stoned beforehand yeah you know? and yeah. um 1978 and then 78 79 79 Right in that zone. 70, no, no, 19, I think it was 19, 1980, right? 79, 80, right in there. Um, I, I turned, I think I was 14, right, right there. 13. Oh, maybe I was 13. Anyway, the then, like, my dad was, my dad's only, my dad was, like, in his 30s, and he had, like, a 19-year-old girlfriend, and after the show, he's like, okay, nobody fucking, nobody turn the lasers on. He always hired these younger guys that were like 18, 19, whatever zone. Don't fucking, you can listen to music, but don't fucking turn the laser on when, when you know. I'm like, hey, dad, I'm just going to hang with these guys. He's like, okay, you know. And, and so I'm like 14, 13, 14, and hanging with the guys that are 19, like 18, 19. Right next to, right next to the, um, to the laser light show is a water slide. So so we're talking like 11 p.m., right? Like it's all shut down or midnight. Like it's shut down. Like, okay. So these guys would tell a bunch of chicks, hey, fuck, we're going to yeah, just come back at this point, you know? And they'd fucking flick the music on. They'd be fucking with the blazers, doing like a private show. And I had these girls coming like, hey, hi, whatever. I had these girls. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, hey, how old are you? And I'm like, 15. Mm-hmm. I said I was like 15, but I was like 13. Yeah. And so then, yeah, they, um, so then made this little beanbag area. And then this chick came and she was 16. And yeah, all, I, 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 that's when it all went down for me. And then one of the best things ever is the, the, the what guy. a setup. No, it was just an insane setup. And then, then what we did, um, was was you grab like a pail of water you go up to the water slide because the water slide's off yeah so you put the pail of water down like this pull down your trunks you know so you're going on your bare ass and you fly down these things like you go you know because what because usually they're they got water going down so you go down at the speed of the water yeah when there's no water on them and gravity and yourself and just a slippery surface I mean, dude, it's so dangerous to think about now. It could have flown out of the water slide, but we were doing that at night. Go every night. We're going over to the water slide. All right, let's go. You go woo and land in the pool. <laughs> that is like, good times, man. Uh, like, it was insane. And um, and anyway, and then my dad. And then we packed the whole thing up into his like he had a giant trailer with all the bean bags and the and the and the, and the inflatable dome would pack down and he had a big dually truck and we just get in the truck and fucking drive back to California and across the United States listening to Pink Floyd my dad gets stoned and he's like don't smoke too much you know but oh I love this part right here the guitar David Gilmore just and I just kept my head on his lap and fall asleep or whatever we drove across country together like I'm so fucking close to my dad that's what's the hardest part of this COVID thing is he had a stroke like in June and I haven't been able I fortunately with with FaceTime I could I talk with him every day but but yeah I'm so close with my dad that's like I I had such a rad uh uh uh, and this is all before and then 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 what I was saying is I, I I got so at 14 I had to move to Arizona and I was so bummed 
And I was like saying to my, I'm like, mom, you're ruining my career. But I hadn't even been into surf contest yet or anything. I'm like, you're ruining my life. I have to move to Arizona. And I still have friends that remember. What I had. Like, dude, you were so, you were so bummed. I was like nearly oh. crying. So I moved out to Arizona with my dad and, and uh, I had to go to school there. And it was just like, people were so, like, I was like fully bleached white hair, like full surf guy. And I just walked into the first class, you know, it was like in that critical age of like seventh grade or eighth grade or whatever it was. And everybody's just like, the surf dude's here from California. And I was just like, great, fuck. But, you know, I made friends. Yeah, yeah. I made friends. And right as I, like, and they were all, like, chewing tobacco and, like, you know, and do it. I was like, I was like, no, no, no. And I was like, right when I was about to, I was almost ready to try it. Just because after a while, you're like, ah, fuck, everybody's doing it. But I worked for my dad. He he worked, he he had a later show at this place called Legend City. I saw Kiss. You saw Kiss. I saw Kiss there. Yeah, at Legend City. Um, I surfed in that wave pool, that Arizona wave pool. That the Rick, one that the North Shore movie. Yeah, based the one on? that Rick Kane's based on. Yeah. And how was that for an experience? It was crazy because you just went straight, and like it was just like you know. Yeah. And I was kind of, and I was nobody could was from the beach. I was I was kind of in a way like you guys don't know what you're doing. Look out, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got um, I got fired from my dad because. Your old man fired you? Yeah, he fired me. This is so funny. So he basically, um, in front, so you have the laser show, and then in front of it had like, you know, you know, man-made, like, like signs, right? They were all like, you took stickers from the stationery and you, you know, you, 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 you put all the information on there. It wasn't like computer or signage, you know what I mean? So it was all like, you know, this, it's 10,000 laser light beams. It's a 20 minute show. It's projected onto the ceiling. It's got all these things. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting out front and people come up and they'd be like, what is it? And I'd be like, and I was like, all the information's right there. And they'd be like, and then they look at it for a second and they go, is it this? Without reading or something like that. And, I, and after, and I was such a cocky kid. I'd be like, I'm like, don't you know how to read? Like I was, I didn't even, I, I, I didn't, I, I, customer relations. Yeah. Was, yeah. You know what? I was just like, what's wrong with people? It's all right there. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And my dad heard me saying to somebody like, like, can't you read? And my dad's like, you fucking, that's it. You know, he's like, you fucking, he's a potential customer, you asshole. And uh, <laughs> I remember going, Dad, people, are fucking, they don't even read. It's all right there. He's like, no, you fucking, you know, and he got all pissed off. He's like, oh, you're fired. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, good. I don't want to work here anyway. And, uh, <laughs> and so I walked home, right? And it was maybe two, three miles. This is in Phoenix, Arizona. And this is like in April or not quite, not, not super summer because summer there is like unbearable. Um, and I'm walking home and he said, he said, he said, he said, he saw me like, you know, cause he kept working and then he, then he's driving home and he saw me walking. And he's still walking. And he is yeah, still walking. I'm, I'm, I'm not too far away from there, from our, yeah. you know, apartment he pulls up. He's like, uh, you want a ride? And I was like, no. And then. I was like, you sure? And I said, yeah, okay. I jumped in and then went back. To, and then we talked and whatever. And like, you know, just, yeah, it was, it, it, the, the, my dad was just like, and I was calling my friend from there um, in Incident. The best, Mexican? 
Pardon me? The, the Mexican family friend? No, this isn't my other friend um, that I surfed with every day. Uh, uh, I met him at... The Mexican friend of mine was when I was, like, from, like, 10 to, like... He was my, like, best pal, like, like through till about 12-ish. And then I started hanging with this little guy named Larry. And he was a super good surfer, and his brother, older brother, surfed. His dad took photos, and he was just a he was he was he he had like a humble demeanor and like kind of quiet, you know. And um, he's just my best best friend, and so I'd call him from, and I'm like, "What's going on? Are you surfing?" And what, 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 you know, and and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." He had super high voice. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, "Man, Larry's got the best style." They always thought he had the best surfing style. And me, I was, they were like, yeah, you're not that good. And I was just like, Shh. I was, I hate, I was like, fuck, you know, like it hurt, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and then, um, my friend, uh, and then he says, yeah, I'm like, what's going on? He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, uh, John, we're going to, when you get sponsored by, uh, Snector Surfboards and, um, yeah, they're going to pay for a contest and take us to the contest and all that stuff. And I was listening to this on the, going, Dude, my ship's sailing. I'm like, that's it. I hate you, mom. Like, like I have to. What's going? On? You know. So I started thinking. You know. Okay, mom won't let me move back with her. What do I do? What do I do? And so I started saying, Hey, Larry, you think you could ask your mom if I could? Maybe I could just live in the garage. You know, maybe I could just like stay with you for the summer or something like that. You know. And and his his mom said, Yeah. So I moved in with them. And, and on the second day of being back, we were surfing beacons. And, um, dude, I was just like just trying to rip as hard as I could. And Did you have leg ropes then? Yeah. 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 I was trying to rip as hard as I could. And um, I, we, we all came in and then we used to put our boards up against the cliff and the ice plant and stuff like that. And just that's where everybody hung out and told jokes and did all this stuff. And I remember John... Glom saying to me like he was the guy who was he was sort of asked to um, set up this um, <clears throat> the, this Grom team that they were they called it the Mini Hooney team and uh, he goes so what Gerlock you gonna ride for us or what you know he said it like that and I was just like uh, you know what I mean like it like the whole like the like if you can imagine like a rainbow showing up and like you know that music like the whole thing and um I was so we when we left the beach that day I was just like fuck it's so stoked I'm fucking wrestling with my friend and just like fucking it's all we're gonna go to these contests we're gonna win these contests we're like I was just the best moment ever and that's what we did John had a he had he had this 70s brown van and 8 track tapes of Zeppelin and you know, ACDC and fucking just dude, we just listen to the best soundtrack and we go to these contests and Nectar Surfboards paid for our entries. I, I didn't have any money. My parents didn't either. And so I, I wouldn't have been able to pay for them. And, and we'd go there and we'd either win them or have get second time. and, you know, whatever, all that stuff. And then after a year of that, almost all my friends just faded and I kept going and I won the, I won the, the national I won all the the ratings lead and I also won the nationals and in, in the span of a year of getting your first sort of sponsorship moment it just went I went the first I went sort of like had these 
WSA events, these ASA events, and these all these things. And then, uh, and then I started the beginning of the year for the NSSA, and I I won like two or three of them, and I, and so I was the ratings leader in the juniors, and then I also won the national championships, and so I got picked for the national team and all that stuff, and <clears throat> and all my other friends that was that were my rivals and all that stuff, they sort of faded. They just didn't have the same. Um, laser focus that I did you know and and it just yeah it just kind of yeah it's just like and so from the national you gotta have you, you want to be successful you have got to be hungry because it's gonna suck there's lots of things that are gonna suck there's lots of people that are gonna stand in your way there's so much there's gonna be injuries there's gonna be this there's gonna be so much adversity and so if you don't have he just kind of want to do it because it looks like a fun thing. You know what I mean? Which is what most kids are like. Oh, I want to be a pro server. But you just have to have like, you have to, you just, and I had that. And know? so I still have it. Were you aware though? <laughs> <laughs> were you aware though? Like, cause in that period of surfing, it was known, you know, like what, how I remember it. And you know, like uh, the eighties was very party orientated and you know were you concerned that like did some of your friends fall by the way because of partying or was it and we did you nearly go down that path of like putting party and chicks before competition you know like and that a lot of people did I did it I still went to parties and did all that stuff but I didn't I wanted to win and so I was pretty focused and girls didn't take over that hard just yet um i was very interested in them but they weren't going to stand in my way and um then a a very interesting thing happened so after i moved in with my friend uh my dad my mom's like he's not moving in with me and um I did. I did end up moving back in with her, but um, then my mother and her boyfriend moved to Las Vegas for work, and I wasn't. And they my, they went with my sister, and I stayed. And my dad was living in Orange County. This is after the Arizona thing, and um, just not shortly after, you know, because he only had the the Legend City thing was only a sort of a it wasn't a long term thing. It was just open for a season, and then they would shut down. So anyway. He moved down to um, North County, San Diego. <clears throat> so I moved in with him. And then I lived with him for a year before he, um, I had to go to a different high school and just all this. It was, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of shitty because I had to move, go to a different high school. He could have moved to where I was living, but instead he had to move some one town over. Like it was, when I look back now, I, if I was an adult, I would say, Dad, come on. Yeah. Seriously, all my friends are here. Why move there? So what's the difference? It's like it's just enough for to you. Fuck you up have a car. Yeah. It'll take you. It'll take you ten minutes to get to there. Me, I don't have a car at all. It's like, you know, it's not like it's not like it is today. Like it's just it was. I didn't. So I didn't see my friend Larry at all for like a year because. And I just well, you know, I got new friends. You know, whatever. And that was the year I won all the NSSA stuff. And then uh, he's like, I don't like it living. I don't like living down here. I want to move back to Orange County. There's no actions down down here or nothing. And um, meaning there's like no business. No, it's too slow. He he's like, uh, why don't you move to move with me up to Huntington? I'm like, oh, or, or up to Orange County. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, no, all my friends. Are, I want to stay here. He's like, okay, but you know, 
because I was thinking I'd move in with a friend and um, even though I was 15 that's just how it was and he said why don't you well why don't you just move up there for a little bit if you don't like it you, you can move back I was like okay and then I've come to find out that Larry's gotten in trouble with his mother and his dad lives in Huntington Beach and he's moving up there like it's this is happening and I'm like no way where's your dad live he lives on 12th street so my dad and I my dad rented a house on 11th street and all of a sudden we moved into a new town together best of friends reunited in a new town that couldn't be more surf oriented and he's a cool dude I know how to make friends we just made friends with all locals we were like next thing you know we were in like you know fights with you know non-locals you know we're part of the gang uh i had my first girlfriend like oh my god my first girlfriend was insane we, you know the summer of 16 you know that kind of stuff right yeah. my girlfriend would just tan on the beach she was so tan and cute and like i would just surf my brains out laugh with the guys and then at about three o'clock we'd go back to her house before her mom got home we'd just get it on shower up and just lay on the couch and watch MTV when it started. And then her mom would come home and be like, oh, you're so cute. Do you want some dinner? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I do. And I, and and so I was just like, dude, that was on repeat. So I moved from, <laughs> I moved from like Encinitas into Huntington and that was going on. And I had the best time in Huntington. And, and the thing that, uh, the thing that was so good about Huntington is, is every time I did anything good, someone saw it surfing. And no one would see no one would see anything I did in Encinitas. Yeah. I'd do good stuff and I'd be like, God, I wish somebody saw that. You know what I mean? And so yeah, I got I got so I people started knowing like, hey, Brad's good. But also when we moved to Encinitas, I I mean sorry, when we moved from Encinitas to Huntington Beach, I'd been I'd won I'd came in with accolade, right? I'd won the nationals, I did you know, and, and so all of a sudden they're like, cool, and I, you know, this guy's gonna be on the Huntington Beach surf team. This will be one more guy that like powerhouse for Huntington Beach. And so they accepted it. I came in with good acceptance. Yeah. And I, I I'm not the type that goes into town like I'm you know, I'm a badass. I go in with like a I know I'm not local, you know, I'm 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 not coming in with any sort of I just want to make everybody laugh and make you know and make it make make things more fun and you know and stuff like that and so I got a lot of friends and I still have a lot of friends there you know and um and so such that, good waves there too like the pier north and south of the pier there those like nooks that come in are epic it, it was a different break all the time and yeah I just uh, I got so much so many good memories of HB and and it was the thing about HB that was so different from Encinitas is that you you would get these peaks and 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 they would and so you would have to go down and go straight up and I back then the, the vertical top turn was the equivalent of like a I don't know today's you know giant you know whirly bird <laughs> I call them I like calling them whirly birds because the kids don't call them whirly birds yeah yeah <laughs> and um and so it was that that's what was the, the best guys in the world were doing super vertical top turns and so I would just go down and just put all my energy into twisting and going as vertical as I could get and Encinitas waves were more swamis right it was like swamis and like longer and all that stuff and and so yeah that that cut that helped me develop my um my my attack you know and uh 
and then yeah, yeah that was and then Bud Lamas was like a big hero and he was doing airs I was like oh my god they just did an air I was like what How? I didn't know anybody could make those things and yeah, it's just good. And so, who was really influencing you then? Was like uh, who, like you said in the magazines before? You're like looking at, um, do you say Beetleman and Lynch and? When I was in Encinitas with Glom and 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 the the whole Encinitas crew, we were all into Bertelman, Buttons, Mr. Um, Rabbit, you know Simon. Simon worked with Nectar, and I got my first my first thruster was a was a Simon Anderson thruster, yeah. And so, um, you know, and then we'd go to the wow. movie theater there, and the movie theater was called La Paloma, and they had these beds, like they had the, they had seats in the middle, and then off the side were these beds, you know, that you lay down and 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 you'd had your popcorn and your stuff. But we used to take chicks to those things; they were like the best ever. It was like, oh, let's go to La Paloma Theater. Who cares what's playing? Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I don't know. Exactly, and. Um, <laughs> And so, but we watched all the surf movies there, and everybody, every surfer in town was there. It was I saw Free Ride, I saw, uh, I saw uh, many classic moments. I saw like just you name it. I saw every movie that every surf movie was there. I had to be, I had to go watch it. And people would scream out, Ew! and you know there'd be that comedian say funny things, and just it was just it was, everybody was wearing Vans and like custom, you know, Glom's an incredible artist, and he he'd like tape off his van, his white get white Vans, tape them off, and then air spray them, so they they were custom, you know. And is that where the check came from? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where he's doing all the checkers and all that stuff, and yeah, totally. And um, Spicoli. Todd Martin was Spicoli exactly like like I couldn't believe when Fast Times came out I was like that's Todd <laughs> but um, anyway it was just so it was just so much fun and um, and so after so yeah what, what happened with 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 Huntington was that um, I yeah I started to see all the pros and I started seeing pros and got one time was really interesting during the Kate and you know. I'd, I'd heard about Martin Potter and then I heard Martin Potter was my age and I was like he's my age and he's already beaten these guys I don't even have a stand a chance there's already people my age beating MR and I'm like oh my god no way so what when Martin first came to town um he I was just like yeah Potts alright cool I was all you know stoked and stuff and then I was sitting out the back and he he paddled out. I'd have, I'd been waiting for like ten. I've been waiting for a while for a set. And at this point, I think I'm seventeen, right? And um, and I'm I'm pretty good at this point, but I'm not as good as him. But he paddles out. It's during the time when the Caton was on, you know, so that's why he was in town. And then he goes on the he paddles on my, my inside, and the set comes, and I'm like, I'm going. I'm I'm from here. I live here, and I'm good. So I'm going, and you're not going. I don't care if you're a pro or not. So I take off this wave, and he hoots me, hey, 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 and I just take off, and I'm just like, when I just go up, and I just nail the lip, and he's screaming at me, and I'm looking at him, and I go, you're not even from, what are you doing? You paddled around the backside of him and waited for the wave for like 10. He's like, you're a fucking kook. You're such a kook. You know, all this stuff, and I was just like, I'm like, you're a kook. Like, fuck, you know, and then 
during the Caden, there were parties and all this stuff. And he, Potts had a manager, this guy Peter Manstead, who's super obnoxious. And he's at the party, and Potts is at the party, and Potts is hanging with, like, you know, Michael Ho's there, and just all the surf stars are there. And I'm just like, oh, wow, wow, whatever. And his manager's like, yeah, we heard about you, you fucking punk, or whatever. And I was like, I live here, fuck you. Like, what the fuck is this deal? Like, you guys aren't even from here. You fucking trying to vibe me at my own fucking beach? Fuck you. Yes. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like I, I wasn't standing for it, you yeah. know? So that was our first encounter. And then after that, I became friends. Like time went by or whatever. I became friends with Potts, you know? And then we had our other stuff later. But like... Was he, and he's a bit of a man-child, wasn't he? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, he was already had a beard and all that stuff. And so yeah. once I saw... Once I sort of understood that and I filled in and, you know, it sort of evened out. But like... He was so radical. He was so fun to watch surf, man. He was just like so fast and so like, it was just so f- inspiring. And he spent a lot of time in Southern California young, didn't he? He did down in San Clemente. He started like, That's, he yeah. started, he started hung out with um, Jim Hogan and, and, and Matt Archibald and Archie really looked up to Potts and then. Oh, is that in the Archie doco when they're talking about T Street and yeah. Potts is there yeah, early yeah, days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potts is there because Michael Thompson was living in Laguna and like Laguna has waves, but like the San Clemente is more consistent so they surf there a lot and then yeah like you know I think I think Potts kind of liked the guys in San Clemente you know he sort of hung there and that was HB and HB and San Clemente have a bit of a rivalry yeah they do and uh, same HB and Newport have a bit of a rivalry too like it's just kind of Laguna sort of doesn't because they're 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 a lot of artists and they're they're just cool you know like um so didn't feel that as much from there but like yeah, it was pretty interesting. And so were you traveling away at this stage Mm-mm. for comps or are you just local? No, I'm just surfing in the local stuff at that point. And, um, and I hadn't gone, you know, I had one, uh, I won a pro-am event when I was 17 in Mexico up against, you know. I, uh, Where was that one at? That was at San Miguel Point. It was called Who Songs just, Pro. Just out of, um, what's that town? Ensenada. And, and there's that, is there like a, uh, a dog food, dog, there's like a mill on the outskirts of town, always stinks there a bit, good right hand, big bold mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. That's sick, that point. Mm-hmm. I've surfed that a few times. Yeah, no, San Miguel's a really shreddable wave. Um, I stumbled yeah, all onto the, that wave. All the, all the pros, um, all the pros, California pros that were in it and everything. In fact, one my first, it was one of the first contests I actually had ever been in was that contest and I got driven down there by this legend um, Rick Rasmussen from New York um, he's a real legend of a guy he was really nice to me and saw that I was had the had the t- eye of the tiger but was kind of poor and um, was like hey kid you ever need money for a contest just just, just tell me just tell me just get, get a hold of me I'll pay for it like he was just I was like oh guy's cool you know and uh so he's a huge legend in in New York. Well, real good surfer. New York. New York. Yeah, yeah. And um, Ras Rick Rick Rasmussen. Okay. Yeah. Um, charged in Hawaii and just you know he wrote for I wrote for Brewer. I, I was I wrote for Dick Brewer after um, Nectar. That's when and so Raz took me to the Who Songs Pro and I was only fourteen right then fourteen ish you know and but then. At seven, three years later, I won the I won the contest and um, and I beat all these pro guys and stuff. And that's that's when my that was just after my dad started started helping me. But just prior to that, uh, 
to, to winning that thing before my dad helped me, I was going to this NSSA events after I won them all. And then I got in the men's division and I, I don't know, something happened. I started losing all the time and I started, and I started getting just, just, um, I think this happens to a lot of kids and I started just getting disillusioned with it all. Like, and I, I remember I came home one day and I said, dad, dad, it's, fuck, what am I doing? I'm just like, all my friends are going to parties on the weekend and, and meeting girls and they're just, they come back to school on Monday going, ah, oh, the best time at the best time. And I went up, I went to bed early and I went up to this contest and then I lost first or second heat to guys that are just so conservative and don't surf that good, but they compete and I can't compete that good. And I just was, yeah. I was just like, I'm fucking, you I'm got real cerebral. I just was, well, I was just like, I think I'm going to just, I think I'm going to go back to school. I, I have to like figure something out. I have to do something. And he goes, Oh, Oh, go back to school. Oh, fuck. You know, something's wrong here. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I'll come down take a look. And then he, we went surfing and he, and I surfed and I thought I surfed pretty good. I came in and, and I was kind of like, kind of like, yeah, what do you think? And he's like, bah, you look like shit out there. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, your fucking arms are fucking going all over the place, you know? And I was like, I have to do that. And he's like, he's like, no, no, you don't. And I was like, what do you know? You don't even surf. <laughs> you know, I was like annoyed. Like I thought he was going to go, wow, you're really good. And he was like, oh, you look terrible. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. But then he just kept, he, we, he, just, he just supported me and kept driving. He'd go to the beach with me again and again. And he, he sort of lost his business. He was trying to do a, uh, a, uh, he was trying to do a permanent um, uh, laser light show in Las Vegas, and it just fell apart, or whatever. And then he just ended up going to the beach and helping me and helping me. And then I won that contest because uh, I started to like. He started talking with me about finesse and all these types of things. I started trying some of his stuff, and I started feeling more and more confident. And then I surfed in another pro am event, and I got second in that one to. Uh, I beat Bud Lamas and uh, Willie Morris won it, but it was like those guys were the best guys in California, and I was I was I was going mixing it. Oh yeah, I was mixing yeah. it in and feeling good and getting a lot of compliments on my surfing and like I was starting to feel good there, you know, seventeen. And then um, yeah, and then uh, fuck, I asked this chick to the prom who was from sort of the other side of the tracks and I thought she was like a for sure lay you know I was like oh yeah you know oh, yeah I want to have fun going to prom you know so I went to the prom with her and she and a bunch of people I didn't even know and they brought all this cocaine and I I, I we, we got busted and I got in trouble and I was like I didn't, it's not mine I didn't do any like uh 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 and went to jail I just turned 18 went to jail like that night and just was like oh my god you know like dude I'm in my tuxedo and I'm in the, this Long Beach jail and there's some very dubious characters I'm with the other guys that were in that I don't even know I knew one guy and he and I were like dude what what happened anyway the um the whole surf world hears about me and this thing and thinks that I'm a drug addict and or I'm a I'm a drug guy and all stuff and I you know, I'm I'm going no, I'm 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 not. I'm just I just stupid. I was stupid. I just didn't you know. And so I got kicked out of school. I couldn't compete in the NSSA because you were connected to school. And then I just and there was like only like my my one friend Gary Clisby said hey, you should just go to junior college. You know, and I'm oh yeah. And then so I enrolled in that. I got an, I got back into the into the surf con you know I was like oh I, I'm in school 
they were like, no, you're not, you're not going to school enough. I'm like, no, it's a concentrate. Nope. So I was like, oh my God. And I was trying to go to this, to the world amateur title. Yeah. I wanted to win that and then go pro. And, but I couldn't even qualify for it if I wasn't in this thing. And then finally the very last event, they go, oh yeah, you know, okay, you have enough credits. I had a letter from the school and everything like this. You know, it's like, okay, you are going to school full time. Okay. Okay. So I, I got second in that event and catapulted up to get into this, if you can believe it. So they had like a U.S. trials to come up with the U.S. team. The U.S. trials was uh, people from uh, people from Texas, the East Coast, and California. And um, then there were Hawaii had its own team, but there was an actual trials for the trials for all the guys that were just on the periphery, and um, they were from even Hawaii, Hawaii, and they'd all you know, and you had to win it. And I won it. So there's like the the start of the Rocky music, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like all right, I'm in with a chance. And your dad's in your corner. My dad's like, in my my dad's yeah. in my corner. Uh, my dad tried to stick up and went in and talked to the school because I got it expelled. But he was like, he's just he's he's not a bad guy. He just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. They were like, sorry, and they were like, we were on the news. Kids caught with cocaine and all this stuff, and it was just like, oh my god, you know? Yeah. I mean, these guys were these guys were guys I didn't even know, didn't associate with. I just happened to be in the. I was like, hey, all right. Taught me a lesson about who you're hanging with. But so anyway, I I I, I got in, now I got into the U.S. trials right with all the guys. Um. I I got second. In that so I made the team so then I competed in the um, the amateur uh, world title in 84 again and Kong and Tony Ray and 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 Damian Hardman and I think Robbie Bain and Dave McCauley it was like a gnarly, a gnarly team and we won we beat them but the very they had three events the first event I got second in it too and um, uh, uh, I, I, I blazed that event and um yeah, I, I, that was a, that's when I was like, the Aussies were, you know, it was, when, when a real, it was a real feeling of like, it was a real feeling of like, you, you guys are Americans, you guys don't even know how to surf kind of feeling from Australia. Yeah, it was like, yeah, you guys are, you guys were gonna fuck. We got way more experience than you. We're fucking cocky. We're gonna fucking tag you cunts out. You know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> Merrick Davis was in it and he was smoking cigarettes. I was like, yeah, give me one of those. Like fucking, I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm just as rock and roll as you guys. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring heat big time, but I, I, I liked it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Then after that, um, that's when I, the Hawaiians sat on, sat on me and, um, in the third event. And instead of me getting all pissed off, I took the opportunity to go to Ben Ipa and say, yeah, I, I you know, Hey, no hard feelings. I understand you guys, you know, I just, yeah, it's, it is, it is what it's part of the rules. That's the way I took it as an opportunity to like meet all the Hawaiian guys. Cause I knew I was going to Hawaii and I did not want any bad stuff with those guys. I want, you know, yeah, yeah. and it, and it was cool. I think Ben really appreciated that. And Ben ended up becoming my coach later in life. And like, yeah, Ben was like, Ben was really, uh, where were those? Where was that comp? That that comp was in Huntington. Beach. I was. Yeah. So it was on your home turf again. Well, it was Huntington, 
but they had three events. They had one in Oceanside. The first one was Oceanside. The second one was in Ventura. And the, and, the, and the third one was in Huntington. And then the final, which I didn't qualify for the final, it was at the pier. And this guy, Scott Farnsworth, won. But uh, anyway, and then I turned pro. And I, and I was like, uh, all right, I'm going pro. And um, my first event was the OP Pro. And um, that was a big, uh, I made a big statement in that event. That was, I beat. Um, Where was that one at? Huntington again? Yeah, that was yeah. Huntington. That's that was when Shane ran one with the big backside 360 and pro surfing. And there's like thousands of people on the beach. Um, so uh, I, I, I had a Kingsley Looker in my first heat. I made it through the trials and I had Kingsley Looker. I beat him. And he was surfing super fast and gnarly. He looked like a new version of Shane. Um, I don't know how I beat him, but I did. And then I had Terry Richardson, and I beat him. And then, um, and now I'm into the ninth round. This is like, you know, this is like, okay. I'm, I'm, be- I'm, I'm, I'm beating these guys. And I come up against Dave Parmenter. And the whole summer before, there was this Hang 10 series with a bunch of events that I competed in. And... Dave Parmenter and Bud Lamas went back and forth, one and two, one and two. And I felt that Bud, Bud Lamas got, kept getting the short end of the stick because he was surfing much more radically and much more in the pocket and just way more radical than Dave was. Dave was sort of going really fast and doing these power carves, but out on the shoulder, cutbacks and things like that. So anyway, I was kind of like, I was I was so pro Huntington Beach and pro Bud Lamas that I was like, and that's just fucking that's what is that? it's robbery I was pissed off about it so when I came up against Dave what they used to do is they used to interview you before your heat and they interviewed me like hey Brad Gerlock alright you beach local you know he's made this far he's up against Dave Parmer hey what do you think of Dave Parmer and I just said well I don't think he knows how to hit the lip and um, dude there was a big silence and and and, and from that point forward part <laughs> I I lost to Parmenter on a super close call, like I almost beat him. You know, I think I dug rail on a couple of turns, but um, it was close. But he but Parmenter wouldn't even look at me or talk to me after that, and um, he took it he took it real personal. Did he hit a few lips? He, he he he. I noticed he started hitting the lip more. Yeah, he was like he it it, it spurred him on. You know, and um, and uh, but all the a lot of people really liked that. They really liked that, they, and a lot of people didn't. People were like, "What a cocky!" Yeah, you divided a, a bit. Yeah, you divide. You know, he's a cocky little fuck. You know what I mean? But um, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is good." You know what I mean? Finally, somebody's you know something to talk about. There's a story in the story. Yeah, yeah totally. So then, um, yeah, then then so I I I did pretty well. I took that money. I went to the East Coast. Then um, then I. Um, yeah, then I went to then I took my first trip to Australia in 1984, when Naki did that surf in the summer, like that 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 aerial that everybody's talking about. Um, I, I I had a black surfboard. I took a black surfboard to Duramba back in the and 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 uh, <laughs> and. Uh, did you have your tats then? Mm-hmm. Were you going rocking the, the image that, that became? Mm-hmm. Or, no, like, I had short hair. I was yeah. like you know punk, you know sort of like new wave like Billy Idol. I was into like all this you know like human league and all the you know new romantic stuff and so my hair was short and um yeah it was like kind of kind of that that look you know of the 80s like new romantic look you know where you, you know, sort of tight jeans and 
pointy shoes, creepers, and you know, and I never had creepers because I everybody had them, so I wanted to. I had pointy shoes, but they weren't creepers. I had a cut off like sweatshirt, that sort of thing, and my hair was sticking straight up and short, short back and sides, you know. A little bit longer in the back, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then, and so that's when I met like Bruce Lee and. I met Brett Hodge and I met a, a few guys in up up the up at um, Gold Coast, you know, like surfing Durambo. I couldn't believe how fun Durambo was and the waves were. I was like, oh my god, this place is incredible. I surfed Ballina, surfed Northwall, yeah, um, and uh, no Southwall. There's Southwall Ballina, and then and we had to take the back roads to get down there and all that stuff. And then, and then that must I was be some wild country in '84. Yeah, but you know that's what you. That's what, you know, I, I, I drove from Sydney to the Gold Coast with Dave Kennedy and um, got into like a, got into a car accident, but not with another car, just skidded out and stuff because I was, that's what we used to do, trying to drive as fast as we could. On the wrong side of the road. No, it was just me. I just didn't understand how to handle a car, but I was sponsored by this Breeze and Surfboards and Breeze and was also sponsoring Davey Miller because the guy was from Ventura. Davey is Davey's who I beat in that Mexican contest. But I got second. I got first. And after that, Breezen wanted to sponsor me. And uh, so I got this Breezen sponsor. And Sean Thompson comes to me at Durama and he's like, listen, Brad, I think you're surfing fantastic, man. I want to sponsor you for surfboards. I think you're, I think you're not riding the route equipment. You know? I want to get you on better surfboards. Also, you know, I know you want to make the top 16. Um, you know, I can help you, but I know a lot of, uh, you know, tricks and things that you need to know. And I was just like, oh, I mean, every, I was just like, this is my hero. Sean Thompson was like, it was Sean and MR and Rabbit and Shane and Bertleman and Buttons, Lydell, uh, Lopez. He was just cool. I just, but but he was goofy and he was just mainly serving pipe. I wanted, I wanted the one of the guys that were Dane and Dane Kayla those are my guys and then um, so Sean's just telling me he wants to sponsor me and you know stuff and I'm going wow And but I already made this deal with Breeze and so I said hey man I'm so flattered uh, he's like yeah when you get to Hawaii because I'm going it was November it was like we're all going to Hawaii afterwards when we get to Hawaii you know let me know and I said well when I get to Hawaii I'm supposed to have three boards there waiting for me so if they're not there then yeah so I got there to Hawaii and there was one board and it was a 7-2 and it was something both Davey and I had to share. And Davey, if you've ever seen Davey, the guy's like 200 pounds and 6-2. Like he's just a big dude. And I'm like 5'11", 155, you know, like weighing, what's that, 70 kilos, you know? Davey's weighing 90, you know? Um, so the thing it was just a boat. And I just I just looked and went, no, these guys, this, this is... I'm, I'm, my whole thought was I'm going to the top. I can't be, I can't, I can't do this. So I went and talked to Bill Barn. I talked to Sean. He's like, go talk to Bill Barnfield. I went and talked to Bill Barnfield. I never forget. Cause I, Barnfield's likes to talk and I, I, I very want to, I want to listen to every little word. I want to see what I can catch, you know? And, um, this is a lot, I know it's a lot of podcasts. So people are like, well, you like to talk too, girl. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do like to talk, but I, I also like to listen. Okay. Yeah, so, but yeah. you know, but anyway, um, so I'm listening to Barnfield. I never forget this because I was listening to Barnfield. We were talking, talking, and then I went outside and, and I was saying, getting ready to say goodbye. And he goes, Oh, yeah. And he's talking to me through his window screen. And he's like, Oh, yeah. And then, and then you know, I'm such a grom. I stayed listening to him for an hour I'm outside getting whaled by mosquitoes but he's this legend shaper who's making me boards and I just feel like I can't say hey man I'm getting beat bit my I gotta go I'm just going uh huh yeah seven seven footer and and you made one for you know and he's telling me the history of making this and making that and why it works and I'm just getting this like killer lesson but I'm getting whaled <laughs> Never forget that. So anyway, that was that. I got those boards. I got. A, I think I got some shots in the magazine and stuff. So th- was this your? First this is nineteen. First trip to Hawaii. This is my no. This is my first trip to Hawaii as a pro. But this is nineteen eighty four, and then from. So yeah, so I um, I got into Hawaii. I got the Bill Barnfields. <clears throat> got a few shots in the magazine. Surfed in the. Pro class trials, uh, surf sunset, and Bobby Owens, and you know, just surf pipeline, did all that stuff, you know, and and um, was like, determined. Were you was it a big jump from Huntington to like you know? No, I'd been there the year before and the year before that. You know what I mean? So I I I, I was and I was also like, uh, you know, the NSSA had Ian Kanga Kanga, you know. He, um, he and I didn't get along very good. So um, I kind of was like, I had like the, you know, I had the, I had that drive of proof, of proof like I'm, I'm like, I'm not pussy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had the drive of like, I'm going to fucking go. You know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> so no matter what wave was coming in, I was fucking going for it. You know what I mean? I didn't want people to think I was a puss. You know, I just, <laughs> I just couldn't have that, yeah. you know? And um and so I, 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 I charged, but, uh, but what happened after the Hawaii season, after that 84 season was, you know, the way the tour was structured is they had the final, the final three or four events, bells and bow repairs and, um, the stubbies and the Coke, I think I didn't go to that because I, because I, I was going to just stay home, save some money and um, start the year fresh in um, in '85 uh, in in Japan at Ijima, and um, so in the and there was a domestic tour called the PSAA, and Joey Baran had done it, and I thought, oh, I'll just surf in those things, and you know, you know, get get ready for the '85 tour. So I only surfed three events, four events, three four events in '84. So '85 was my rookie year. So anyway, I lost in those double A PS double A's in my first heat or my second heat, every one of them, and I was so frustrated and so oh, I was really what's well, discouraged. Mm. And my dad was trying to tell me, "Hey, dude, you just gotta relax." And like I'd be yelling back at him, like I understand. I understand the concept that being relaxed is going to allow me to surf better, but how, uh, how do I relax? He's like, you know, you don't, you got to not want it so bad. I'm like, but I fucking want it. (laughs) 
That's lying to myself if I say I don't want it. I fucking want it. <laughs> fucking punch my surfboard. I was like so just like, you know, and so anyway, that I just didn't do well in any of those things. And then I started out the year and I had Sean Thompson's logo on my board and stuff. And I started out the year in 85 and I did well in the Nijima event. Um, I made it through the trials. I, I had like a heat. I had like three nine fives in a heat like on these little lefts and I remember Aki's friend I was competing as Aki's friend and Aki was on the beach and Aki was Aki and everybody was like creaming over Aki and I was like oh fuck man I can fucking surf good too and I just demolished his friend you know and I I was <laughs> who was his friend I don't know it sounds good it sounds it was, I don't know yeah. it, was, it was somebody but he was it, he was he was watching them you know like helping them or whatever it was somebody you know yeah but I remember thinking like I'm fucking here, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as you can, you can probably tell through the tone of my voice, like I, 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 like several times growing up, I wasn't the best kid. I wasn't, you know, and people say, Hey dude, you know, like try not to, you know, shoot, shoot too high. There's so many good surfers out, you know, trying to, trying to stand in my way and tell me, you know, I'm not going to, you know, and I, and you're not, you're not that good man. And you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, fuck you. Like, uh, you know, like I just, <laughs> I just you know and so when I got discouraged I got real discouraged because I was like no I just no I just I can't see my life not being like this you know I can't and so anyway I, I did real well in that Japanese event and then um, and then there were a few more events uh, let's see we went to South Africa went to that wave pool in Allentown. Then we went to South Africa. I didn't do well in any of those events. You know, just sort of like hovering in that zone of either 33rd or 17th. I never broke broke through, you know? And I, But I get super pissed off when I lost. And people kept telling me, all the way from those PSAs, my dad would tell me, other people said, try not to get so pissed off when you lose. And I just couldn't understand the thinking with it. Finally, I lost so many times. I, I said, well, fuck, I'm trying everything, but I haven't tried not getting pissed off when I lose. So we went to this contest in, um, in, on the East Coast, uh, the Record Bar. It was the Record Bar Pro. And I, had, I made it all the way through and then came up to the against MR. And um, I just, you know, at that point, I was like, man, I'm so much faster than MR. I'm going to fucking smoke his ass. You know what I mean? Like, he might have been, <clears throat> been my hero, but, you know, I'm going to take this guy out. And I did. And then in the last second, he got me on a paddling interference. And I was like, oh. Uh. And I went, okay, okay, okay. That was the first event. I was like, I'm not going to get pissed off. I'm going to try it. I'm going to, okay, okay, cool. I'm just going to learn from the lesson. And Glenn Winton was, I was hanging with Glenn Winton and Glenn Winton uh, made it to the final. Um, Is that he, Mr. X? Yeah, he didn't win. I think I think maybe Shane Shane won. Maybe Shane Haran won. And, but, but, but he got all the way to the final and I was hanging out with him and I was watching him make his little coffee and then he would stick a fin on a board and then take a fins off and then he would just, he would sand his board and he was like, he let me, and he was listening to music and he got into music and he was like, yeah, yeah, I like to sing a, and he's a real humble guy and kind of like an eccentric and he'd be like, oh, and smart and he'd be like, oh yeah, I love to listen to like, yeah, song like. There was a Mick Jagger song at the time called Yes, I'm Lucky. You know that one? Yes, I'm lucky. Yes, I'm lucky. It's like, I'll like to hum that when I'm in 
Your I love accent. your accents. <laughs> I'm not doing that good. I'm no, not doing that well. But, it's good. but, but it's good. he's going, he's going, he's going, and I'm going, oh, God, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I just watched him make it all the way to the final. So the very next event. Just taking his little, like, relaxing. Just like, watching his whole, how he. Prepared. How he, yeah, how he um, cultivated his energy to, so, so he was focused on giving him the best chance yeah, to win, and, creating an environment. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 being aware of the mystery of the ocean, and you know, and, and you know all these things, and he's just super cool. Like, you know, he was, hey, is that why he got Mister X? Like, yeah, what was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had Mister X because he was just a you know, he's a very humble guy, but a, a very sort of science, like a a weird scientist guy, like a weird scientist guy. You know what I mean? And really cool really different sprays he rode four fins when everybody rode uh, thrusters you know just he wasn't afraid he would literally crazy glue on like fins or you guys call it gorilla glue glue here yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. he would fins this big and then take them off and then put them on try them he'd be like oh you'd like that you know he just he was just like fascinating always thinking outside fascinating guy yeah and so and he rode for catch it I rode for catch it at this point, I hadn't ridden for Catch It yet. But um, anyway, so the next event was in Oceanside, which is only, um, you know, only a 10-minute drive from where I grew up and learned to surf and all that stuff. So uh, so Oceanside was like sort of like home, you know. And I used to go to Oceanside and surf a lot because it's a more consistent place to get waves in the summer because it sort of faces south. Anyway, the contest is there. And um, we, I start the week out, and um, and I have a. It's mostly these kind of like sort of semi mushy rights, you know. So pretty fun, you know. Some lefts, but rights, and it's up against the jetty. Yeah, yeah. You paddle out against the wall there. Yeah, you paddle against the wall, and then there's a left goes into the into into the deep water, and then and then there's a right too. So you pick the two or whatever. And that's a sick. It was fun at the time. Yeah, definitely, and. um, so I, I have, um, oh, I know. I, I got to digress for one second. When we went this same 85 year, we when uh, this is my first trip to France. We go to France and I draw Tom Curran um, and I just fucking throw him up against the ropes. I just, I, I'm, I'm smashing him like nobody's business. Just like the waves are like four foot, super fun rides. I'm just blowing my tail. <laughs> And I'm like, huh, no way. I'm, I'm, I got this. And he comes flying back in like two minutes. Like I've never even seen, I know I've never seen anybody do this before. And he gets this wave, then he gets that wave, then he does some crazy layback thing and he beats me. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. I fell on a wave because I just was so cavalier. I was like, I got this. I don't even need to concentrate, you know? And I came in and I was like, What? And uh, I remember Derek Hind saying to me, like, fuck, you need a coach so bad. He was, just, he was like, he was just like shaking his head going. And I was like, you have the best story about that trip, too. Like, I met this chick and uh, I don't even think I can tell it on the podcast, but it was just like, it was, you know, Fran, out of France and she had a boyfriend and, and uh, uh, achieves super hot and she had this big dog and every day I would see her and I'd be like hi and she'd be like hi and she had a super sexy French accent and I was just like oh my god French woman like wow in, in, this is in Oceanside still no sorry I, I'm sorry I, when I went against Tom Kern it was in France oh 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 
and um, that was in like August, right? And so ocean. I sorry, I kind of went. I went. I sort of forgot about that, and I went past, and I went all the way to that East Coast event, which yeah. was in September. So this is kind of in August. This is like my first. This is still eighty five. So that was in the seventeenth round. I went against Tommy. You know that's yeah. then and I lost. But anyway, it um, it was yeah. I surfed really well and 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 got people's attention, especially Derek Hind and and then I just was now I'm dying. I'm just telling you this story yeah, yeah, this yeah, chick yeah. because it's just like so cool. When I was eighteen and I, I just I'm like no, actually I was nineteen. And uh, and every day I'd go to the beach, and it was just summer in France. It was so 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 beautiful. Sun. It's so bitch, and like waves are super fun. And this chick had this chick had like kind of big hair, super tan. She had this big dog. She had these like you know sort of pink lipstick on. She was so sexy and so far out of my league. I thought you know, and I was just like, oh my god, you know. But she was friendly to me, and I was I was like, okay, you know, I was friendly back, you know, whatever. And she's like, oh, you know, would you like to come to my house and, and uh, have a, a traditional uh, French uh, French dinner with my family and my boyfriend and all this stuff and I and my dog or whatever, you know? And I'm like, yeah. absolutely. I, this is what I. This is part of my 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 like. Just part of the reason I wanted to be a professional observer was to get cultured and, and to, to grow and to learn and to learn from people. And I'm experiences. like, oh, experiences. So I was like, absolutely, I'd love to, you know. And so anyway, I went to the house and there was, I was so naive and such a drama. I didn't really like, I was like, does she like me? Nah, she's got a boyfriend. Like, no, like she's, she's just being super cool and, you know, stuff like this. But I kind of was starting to think like, huh, she's so friendly to me. Like, hmm, is there, what, is there? No. Like she was older and everything. Were you thinking like the French word menage a trois? No, I, no, I wasn't even <laughs> thinking that at all. I was just thinking, I was thinking she's just super proud of being French and she wanted to, sh- you know, she thinks this is a, this is a cultural, like you need to show people how French people live and blah, 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 blah. I, I just, I was like, this is really awesome it's just me though it's not like my friend that I was traveling with at the time and so I go and dude this is my first time at a home French thing and it they eat for hours and at, at this point I'm so hyper I'm like oh my god this is like this is a long dinner like holy shit right? anyway I feel this thing brush up against my leg and I'm like oh my god she really does she's really this is really, and fucking, it's the dog. I'm like, God. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Like, this is just a friendly. She's just being cool. Yeah. So anyway, that happens, and then go back to the beach, and 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 you know whatever. I'm just you know the next day and whatever, and I see her at the beach. She's at her same spot. And she's with the dog and everything. And I'm like, oh hi. I can't remember her name. Whatever. And she's like, hi, oh, hello. You know, I, she's a nurse. And she's like, yes, uh, would you like to, you know, I have uh, my, I, I, how did she say it? She's like, yes, I, I, I take care of people at home. I have a special place. They come and whatever. Would you like to see it? You know, like in the same delivery as the dinner and everything. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I, you know, like, yeah, I, I'd love to see it. You know, like, <laughs> dude, we get to her. We, she, I'm like, where's your boyfriend? Oh, he went to Bordeaux for the weekend. He's not here. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm still so naive. Dude, we go into her little, her little, you know, op, like nurse's room. 
and 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 it's on and i'm just like wow and then um yeah it was incredible super 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 sexy and um and then and then yeah we'll go back to the beach or whatever i go back to the beach and then the next day you know i see her she's like hello you know it's like cool everything's cool and i remember telling west lane um west lane's like fuck how hot is that chick right there and i'm like yeah, I know. How She's hot. a nurse. I, I'm like, I know exactly how hot she is, and he's like, "Are you kidding me?" And I'm like a little kid compared to him, even though I'm I'm probably like four years younger or something like that. And he's like, "You, you little kid, you got you got a piece of that." And I'm like, "Oh yeah," and he's like, "Wow!" <laughs> and uh, so that's like my first year on tour, you know. And so anyway, I'll fast forward to the to this. Um, to the to the stubby the stubby's pro at oceanside and so it's, it's same year like, it's the same year yeah yeah and um you know i've just lost mr on the east coast you know with the you know with the thing and i'm i'm, I'm trying now i'm trying this like okay i'm not gonna get so pissed off when i lose thing and i'm in the trials heat and the way that it works is you have to ride a wave all the way to the beach to get to get to get enough score you know and, I, and it's like i have like I think it's top four waves or something. And I have, or I have, no, or top one, top four, or top three, but I have one that's all the way through. Then I have one that I only rode halfway. And then there's times whittling down. I got Archie in my heat and uh, Kelly Gibson and another guy named Darren Brillhart. And everybody's got waves all the way in. I know that they've got their two or three all the way to the beach. And I've only got one or two. And I need to have a total of, I, I swear it. I felt like I was top four waves in 20 minutes back then. Ian Cairns was the charge and he wanted everybody to, you know, he didn't want people sitting around. So um, anyway, I'm sitting there, the time's willing down. There's no, there's not enough time for me to get one, get two all the way through. So I know I'm going to lose. And I start to do this thing where I'm like, fuck man, what am I, and it means I didn't even make the main event, Right. And I'm like, and I start to go into a story, right? Which is a victim. Uh, this is, I don't know anything about what a victim is at this point, right? And, but I'm like, uh, and then I go, er, and I just stop it. I don't tell the story. I go, I'll be all right. Rather than start to go, what am I going to do all week? The pro contest is in town and everybody's there and I'm fucking last and everybody's eager. I knew you weren't going to make it as a pro. Like, I stopped that story and just went, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm just going to try it. I'm not going to get bummed. And then a wave comes in and all the scoring waves are rights. And I go left. Like, you know, not even, I'm not at this point. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very calculated competitor in the first place. I just raw. So I go left. It turned, I, I remember I did this like sort of backside snap and did a, did a cutback and I'm doing this. I'm doing the cutback, and as I come off the off the off the rebound of the cutback, the lefts were sort of petering out. That's why and they weren't going all the beach. As I'm coming off the rebound of the cutback, I look down, and there is there's a there's another wave underneath me, and it's one that's wedged off the jetty, and I go whoop over down into it. And now this is a better wave than anything that's breaking on the other side because this has got double the power in it. Mm. 
and I just go to town on it. Like, no, like I already, th- I already know I'm going to lose, so I got nothing to lose. So I just give it everything I got and do about ten, poof, 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 all the way. I got a, I got a nine five, and I squeaked into second and made it into the main event. So anybody who tells you about these like calculated competition plans and all that kind of stuff, yeah, it's good to have like a bit of a plan, but you've got to have a sense of the mysterious, a sense of the of the of that anything can happen. And you know, Tom Curran, you know, watching Gabriel Medina at the pipe, even when Connor had him on the ropes, and just watching some of these guys, they're open. You got to be open to the possibility of the infinite. Okay, so. So Did you, were you aware when you finished that left on, and it doubled up, gave the inside inside run, and then finished that, were you aware that the conversation that you stopped yourself having out the back could have been like mysteriously linked to that circumstance? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yep. And uh, and that and, and so that's only. That's only that's only the trials, and so then I make the main event. The first guy I've got is Simon Anderson. I got the same feeling about the um, about him and any of the guys of that era. I'm gonna smoke him because it's three foot waves. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Simon, yeah. Simon's to me, Simon's an old man. He's thirty. <laughs> I'm nineteen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I, he's, <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna lose. So mm-hmm. I beat him. Then I come up against. Um, then I got Sean Thompson. And I got Sean Thompson. And you're riding for him. And I'm riding for him. So I come up against Sean. It's these rippable little... Now the banks change and it's these rippable little lefts. I got my I got Sean's logo on my board, the whole thing. And I start thinking, I'm like, okay, another guy of the same era of MR. These guys are full of tactics. I got to watch out for these guys. And then, I, and then I flip the script in my head and I go, you know what? Those guys got to watch out for me. I know how to pull a trick. Now that the trick's been pulled on me, I can do the same thing back to them. <laughs> and he completely falls for a pounding interference. I, I acted my way. I acted as if I was plant, plant. I pretended that I was. I started. I was interested in the wave, and then I pretended that I. I looked away, and he was focusing on me. And I looked away, but didn't stop paddling and paddled again. And he. He didn't think I took the wave. He got a paddling interference. That's what MR did to me. So I did the same back to Sean. Boy, Sean just blew up. Oh, I can't believe you do that. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. And he was so pissed off. He acted like a girl and he tried to get me on one. And I just was like, I'm not going to, you know. And I was like, and I was trying to say like, MR did it to me last week, you know, fuck, you know. And he was just going, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe you would do that, you know. Like he was trying to like embarrass me and like say like you're a kook and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, you sponsored me. What do you mean I'm a kook? Like, you know. And I was just having a heyday on these on these lefts. You had a magic surfboard. I got I got still had the surfboard. Kept it. And the thing was just the thing was like a the thing was like like it was like a cork but a magic one. So I could just bang 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 bang. I could just I could pounce here there jump there go here float over that do anything I wanted you know. And I had confidence. So once I hit the confidence thing, I was like on fire <laughs> and. That, that's, there's a video they made, but somehow that video is not on YouTube or available. The guy who has the video won't give it up. His name's Alan Gibby. And Gibby, give it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's an interview 
in that in that video uh, after the contest is over where I've got I've got that cut off um, the cut off sweatshirt because I'm still the new romantic look I got the cut off sweatshirt yeah, yeah. And, but I have a beret on vanilla rice kind of vibe thing happening no I've got a maybe uh, but not none of the hair thing but I've got a French beret on and they're asking me about like oh so Sean you went up against him and all that stuff and I'm so I'm I'm going yeah yeah and I tell the story about how I got you know but I would have beaten him anyway you know I, I, was, it, I, I watched it like way afterwards and I'm like man I'm a cocky I was a cocky kid you know but a lot of the cockiness came from being insecure so um, it was just kind of it was just an interesting you know thing and anyway so then I went up against Mike Lambrizi who is Oceanside's son favorite son who rode for Stubbies who was a year and a half older than me who was who who's very smarmy and very much one of those guys who smiles but you know behind the smile he's going you're such a kook you know that guy and you can feel it and you go <laughs> you know and I go up against him the waves are it's morning. It's fun. It's like overhead, kind of maybe head high on the sets. I mistimed my first turn, but uh, and overshoot it, and 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 basically do the super vertical turn where my fins blow past the lip, and I pull it, and I ride the wave in, and, and I'm paddling back out. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if that was any good. And they're like, Brad, your first wave's an eight point five, and I'm like, hoo-hoo-hoo. and I could just see him going like. I'm supposed to be the favorite. I'm the one. They're all, he's in the paper. He's like Oceanside, you know? So anyway, I just dismantle him. And that feels so good when you got a guy like that, you know? And so I get Glenn Winton in the um, in the quarters. And um, I just have a shot. I, it's, I just have a worst heat. It's onshore. It's weird. The waves are turning and rip, tie, rip currents are in them. And I just have the worst heat. And I'm just like, God. And I'm going, God. This is the best result of my life. I'm in the quarters. Like, 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 I'm like, well, fifth. I got fifth. Cool. But God, I could have made the semis so easy. Anyway, I win that heat by like the tiniest. He had a shocker too. Then I go up against Terry Richardson. And remember, I beat him in the in the um the year before. It's a best two out of three in the in the semi. I, I knew I was gonna beat. I, I woke up that morning. It was the morning of the semi and the final. So I woke up that morning and I, 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 I remember just crying, like not like like this, but just tearing up, going, "I'm going to win this contest." Today. You can feel it. It was like this is mine. I like I'm going to win this contest yeah. today, and this is and this is gonna this is this is everything. This is everything that I dreamed of, and I smoked him in two, and then I had Tom Carroll in the final, and um, we it was best two out of three. And uh, yeah, I, um, I I beat Tommy in the first one, and then we went back out, and then Tommy and I had this like race for the priority buoy, and he basically reached out because you couldn't see anything. He reached out and he stuck, he dunked my nose underwater while we we're going around the priority buoy. But I but I like el I like I just started throwing elbows and I just fought. He I was really feisty and I just feistied my way around the priority buoy. And I was looking at him like, dude, you're a cheat. You're a dirty cheat. And I was like, what is the D? I was like, oh, my God. You know, like I was like, wow, I didn't even know that kind of stuff happened. Right. And anyway, uh, 
we come in from that second heat and they're going, oh, okay, everybody, you know, who wants to see them go to three? How about you, Brad? I'm like, let's do another one. I'm ready. Yeah, all right. I'm like, well, sorry to disappoint you, you know, because you won. And it was just like, it was insane. Yeah. So, you know, like the the whole thing was like, okay, I the same year the same year I started that PSAs and I lost first round and was discouraged and was thinking I'm not even you know what I mean yeah. that same year yeah. learned to like, not be pissed off when I lost it tried to you know anyway so crazy so crazy so and your dad was still my dad was my coach my yeah. dad was there I never forget the look on my dad's face when I won and saw him it was just like and was this like in the having these at home moments all the way of like I gotta let go I gotta let go and like I can sort of what I get like always get feedback through me is through teachers always going if you could just get out of the road of yourself yeah yeah. Which is very it's similar a, to what you're saying. It's, but like, it's the same. It's the same thing in wave key. It's what I'm teaching in wave key about letting go and relaxing and not trying too hard and letting the wave do the work, you know, and all stuff. Which is fine if you have, but it's hard to it's hard to understand if you don't know the tech. When you have the structure of the technique, then you can let go. But if you don't, if you're just, I think it's. I think you can be. If you've been serving a really long time, you can you can just let go, and the more you let go, the more you trust, and the more you let go, the 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 more connected you are to the to the wave. The less tense you are, the more you can feel the current of the wave coming through you. If you add in technique to it, yeah, and you do all this technical stuff on the land, so your body's ready for it all, you're not overdoing it in the muscular department you're letting your skeleton sort of you know using leverage and gravity and ground those forces there's so much power in even a two-foot wave you just harness it and you can if you're riding the right surfboard you can you know you you can you can fly you know and so that's what i'm i mean i'm no i'm going from 1980 whatever to you know 2020 but ultimately that's what it is it's like not trying too hard but paying attention and really listening you know from acting it's like you 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 the thing is i think everybody can recognize bad acting and that's trying too hard but when you get somebody i just i don't know like if i think of like al pacino um there's several really good actors i think uh DiCaprio is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love him in fucking Wolf of Wall Street. Fucking, I think he's like so good. You know who I, I'm loving lately is Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I'm. Um, he's so good. He has such a good face, doesn't he? He's got such a good face, he's, and he just yeah. always a little. It's like he's a little unhinged. <laughs> you just don't know he's like yeah. talk about unhinged. Is that Paul Giamatti guy? Like that. That guy looks like he's. Which one's he? He's the one that was in Sideways. You see Sideways? That's yes. a wine movie. Yeah, that great so, movie, man. Is that he, Dennis Leary? No, that's what? that's Paul Giamatti. No, no, who's the oh, tall one? Who's that? The friend, there's two, there's the two. Oh, uh, yeah, the guy who's that, I forget, his name's Hayden Church or something like that, Charles Hayden Church or something. He's like a bit of a, he's like, he's plays a, a dick really well, kind of like a little bit like, look down the nose. 
No, that's Gium- Giamatti's the one that's the one. He's the one that's the wine guy, and he's a little bit. He's a little soft. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Giamatti. Yeah. Yeah. Giamatti. He was also in. Um, South- he is. He's always always slightly cooked. He looks like but, he's just about to just come, and he, he's yeah. pissed off, and he's yeah, he's insane. But no, anyway, what I, my, my point is just with because you studied acting, and so did I with the same teacher, as is which which was like if you think about like acting, and you're going even if you're not an actor, right? You're like, okay, I, this is your these are your lines. If you're delivering your lines from your memory, without anything behind those lines, you're gonna. You're not going to be interested in the story. You're going to go, I don't feel anything. But if you're, if that person is that person and, and they've, they've, they, this, this isn't coming from memory. It's coming from their new, their new memory or what, you know, their story, their, their, their new story that is their story. And they're, and, and they're really listening. You don't even realize they're acting. You're just, you just go you're with. watching the story and you're following and you're like, <gasps> and you're <gasps> and you're up and you're down and you're this and you're that. You know, what I mean? it's the same with surfing. It, it, the way if you're predetermined what you're going to do on the way. That's why so many people are uh, even good surfers are uninteresting to watch in competition a lot. You're like, yeah, no, 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 oh yeah, built a house, fucking ticked all the boxes, yeah. fucking bullshit. Like it's like, a, and then someone like when John John, like at Margaret's was just like lighting it up. You're like, wow, he's just reading the web so well, so much better than everybody else tapping into the West Australian power. And it's a weird fucking wave with all these different deep spots and shallow spots and all that stuff. And he's just reading it like, like he's just, not only is he just, he's thriving in it. He's just fucking thriving and he's making mistakes and turning those mistakes into beautiful things. And like, fuck man, that is just like, that's what I'm talking about. And that's not trying too hard, but that, but then there's that, then there's the drive behind. You got, you, you, you have drive, but you don't try too hard. It's a real fine line, but that kind of, you know, there's a, there's a guy that said to me, I remember on my very first trip to Lakey's, and he says to me, dude, just s- slow down, man. You, you know, you're trying to do everything. You know, just tone it down. And I was like, you know, and I was pretty young, and I was just, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to prove something, you know. And, and I remember being like, I took it as an insult. Mm-hmm. And then I told one of my mates, and he was like, who the fuck is that guy? I think he yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, but now later, I'm just like, yeah. Like, you that's can see point. people are pushing too much. But that's my point of why offering people advice, that's how I've gotten bitten. It's like, I got these great intentions, intentions, and then give somebody a little tip to help them enjoy their experience a little more. And then they then they think like what you did right there is like take it as an insult go fuck guy doesn't think I serve very good fuck man and you're like no 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 I just I just wanted I just and you you just it's spirit it's spiritual you cannot offer anybody advice unless they ask you cannot do it even I mean or you do it and you and you you do it and you you do it at your own risk and you go I'm just going to take a chance and I'm going to do it you know and (laughs) and you're okay if they get insulted too you just go well and you just try to keep a sense of humor, but boy, that's like really, you know, that's really, you got to really have a lot of confidence to do that and, and, and be ready. But, but mostly you just don't, you just don't offer it. Look, and I'm just going to, while we're here on the key, um, wave key, I love that, you know, I've always thought, I never really think, I think about surfing a lot, but I, like, unless I'm in the water, it's like, okay, now I get to 
do everything and what can I do on land I can go for a run I can do yoga or I can mm. do these things and I'm always like this you know I was always thinking this more but and, and if you like you're saying with other sports other sports have all these things that you can do to practice and surfing's really struggled well I've always struggled because unless you're a pro then you're not getting any no one's giving you any mm. no. help yep and you know just from the small that I do know about wave King now is, is I think it's just an uh, awesome to be able to think about what you want to do and I love what you said in, in that bit of writing that then you forget about it mm-hmm. because I know that if I was going to try and overthink it in the ocean I just it's too much information but if I do everything I'm supposed to on land and then go and have fun mm-hmm. and plug into the ocean as you're saying it's like you know, the muscle, the, the subconscious, and the muscle memory, and everything should help to be there. It's a little more than muscle memory, right? That that's the same thing with the acting that I was just saying. It's 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 body awareness. So you're aware of your body, so you can call on your body when you need to, like change track when you need when you want to do something different based on what the wave's done there's a there's a lump right in the way that isn't that you wouldn't expect and 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 you go you know what i'm going to use that lump to catapult myself over that next section you know what i mean and you you just every single time i've ever pre-thought of what i wanted to do on a wave it never looks good and never comes across. It doesn't even feel that great. It's only when I'm real, really relaxed and I let the wave do it. And then my body starts to take, my body feels really connected to the wave. And you don't have to be a young person to feel, to, to be enjoying it. In fact, something to do with getting older too. You have like these either slower movements or heavier bones or whatever, whatever it is, as long as you keep it mobile and you, and flexible and you're drinking a lot of, you're hydrated and you're doing things to know that you're like an old car, you know, like he's not going to just jump in your old car, not warm it up and just <laughs> fang down the, the, the road at 60 K. I mean, you know, wouldn't really do that in a new car, but you could, a new car, you could do that much faster than if you were, you had like a, a night for me, I'm a 1966, you know, Chevy, you know, you know, American yeah, yeah. muscle car. Yeah. So I got to, you got to like, let me sit in the driveway, warm up for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? And, and, and then when the timing's right, it's nice and warm, you know what I mean? But you know, like <laughs> if you think of it that way, it's, and you lubricate it, you know what I mean? You, you know, make sure it's like, I got, you know, so you don't break anything. And, and and then you can perform at, at what what you know d- depending on your past injuries and stuff like that and that's a whole other area that I will go into is how to re- reintroduce yourself from an injury because once you have an injury you tighten up and everything else is affected by that tightening you know and in my case since I was telling you about in Huntington, I would go as vertical as you possibly could. And several times I would fall and slap the left side of my head against the water. 
So I learned at a young age to pull my left shoulder up so that I could make this hydrodynamic. So when I went in the water, I didn't jerk my neck and all stuff. So as a pattern, I started to do this before I even, and this started to get in the way of my overall uh, looseness and you know and these are things I didn't understand when I was younger this is the, this is, they call this sensory motor amnesia you don't know that you're building this bad habit now you have this bad habit and so through WaveKey is what I, I I go through this stuff through WaveKey and I also have people doing it uh, one one lesson for 21 days so they can drill down on it they can go slowly into it they can the, the body can can you can make it a part of your being and, and and then you can forget it you learn and forget learn and forget so that when you go surfing you don't have to think of it by the time you get to the top turn in wave key you've got takeoff bottom turn top turn you've got so much information you're not going to be able remembering all that stuff or if you try to, it's going to fuck you up, you know? And so, and I know this from trying to do it myself as a pro with disposable time. I mean, I was paid to serve. So I served three times a day trying this stuff. It still doesn't work. You, 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 have, you, you have to communicate with yourself, get to know yourself, especially the bottom of your feet. That's what connects you to the surfboard. So I go through all that with WaveKey. I love that. I did that this morning with the grounding of the feet in. And you're saying if you only do it with one foot, and just feel how different. And it is. It's like how often you're saying that's the connection point of your uh, for, to your board from your your being. And we never. I never think about that. I didn't either. <laughs> you know? I didn't either. I'm like, this is right. Now. What? How did I not think of this before? Dirt. Like, what am I, an idiot? Like, I just was like, what is my? How would? Why didn't I focus on this when I was twelve? You know, but yeah. I heard uh, Duncan Campbell, uh, part of the Campbell brothers, they they invented the bonzer and stuff. <clears throat> deep, deep guys. Duncan told me once he read something that Tom Curran said that said that he could feel. Uh, I can't. Remember, I have to ask him what the quote was, but it was like he could feel the wave coming up through his feet, like as he was riding on like a like a glass surfboard, and it was just. The surfboard wasn't even there. It was like the it was like coming up from under his feet, and it's like as soon as you hear that, you're like, oh, you just watch him surf and go like, he's so connected to the wave. He doesn't do things that are un. Um, well, he did when he was serving in contests in the '80s. He did some head snaps and he did some funny stuff for sure. Like, <clears throat> but I mean, so did a lot of people, but. <laughs> He smoothed that out, and 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 also the surfboards we used to ride. I mean, back then on the crappiest surf, we ride like six twos, you know, six two, nineteen and and a half, nineteen three quarters, you know, two and five eighths thick. I mean, I have the board of the house. The thing is, the eight. I mean, I was seventy or sixty eight kilos, and that thing is just made for. It's made for 90 kilo. Adam Robertson would jump on it now and be like, wow, this thing's buoyant. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, and so, yeah, I, I, it's, um, it's, it's pretty awesome to take all that experience, you know, riding, you know, 60 plus foot waves to, you know, six, six to 12 inch waves. You know, and trying to make your board fly, flow and fly through those tiny little waves, 
you know, the, the, the athleticism, the, the, the connectivity, the, the speed, the, 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 the judgment, all, all those things in those 6 to 12 inch way, those tiny ways with no power in them, you know, that's what we try to do to win the world title. You had to ride like you had to, and Tom, I watched Tom Curran warm up. He'd be riding a six, three <laughs> in waves like that. And he, he would surf with, with his arms at his side in the, at, no arms at all, just his body for the first three or four waves. And then he would hit a rhythm and then the arms would come up because he was getting his body to do it all. So like, dude, this stuff is all in wave key. I have armless common. And when you get down to the top turn, you do a combination, take off, bottom turn, top turn. And you do, and you can do it. Then you also, and I have an armless one. So you do it without your arms, put your arms around your back, your whole body does it. Like, it's just, it's a very connected, it's just very, it's a, it's, it's, it helps you connect to the center of your body and where the power, where the power of your body is. And which is not just for surfing. It's like you can take these to, for life, you know. Like so yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, that's part of what. That's surfing's just the medium. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. So uh, wave key is one that you can take into a controlled environment in your room by yourself with your own music that you decide to listen to. Put your phone on silent and don't let it distract you and and just get into it. You will be sweating before you know it. You know, you'll get a scent. Your, your legs will get a lot stronger. Your awareness to your feet are going to go to, you're going to be like, God, I can't believe I was surfing with these clubs, <laughs> you know, and you're going to go, whoa, you know, it's, it's just, it's, 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 um, I, I just been really lucky to have that drive to want to know and be able to have the. The, the 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 assertiveness to 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 call people and find teachers that are do, that aren't serving that do different things and see it from different angles and listen and 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 then be able to take it and put it back into surfing. Oh, that's a good one. Let's see. Can I add that to surfing? Cool. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. And and then break it open and go. Is there more inside there? Oh, there's 16 more ideas inside that one idea. And just go, Henry Miller. You know the famous Fonz. Um, no, that's uh, the no, not no. That's um, that's a different. That's, that's Henry, different Henry uh, Winkler. Winkler. No, yeah. Henry Miller's the writer. The the writer, the famous writer. Yep. You know, that wrote *Tropic of Cancer*. Capcorn, and he was part of the beat, sort of before the beat poets. You know, um, guy. He is also was a. He lived in Big Sur for a while, and he had this book, and the book had the it was like a tree and the and and every branch had an id on it and i saw that image you know in my when i quit the tour and i was in the night in the night in the early 90s and i was hanging out with my friends in big sur hippie stuff and taking acid and you know mushrooms and you know expanding my horizons and uh, you know i saw that and i was like man one idea can be like can be just trapped you can just you know you can just really stretch that out you know and that's what I think is really good about everybody's not everybody but the world is it, it, the world of commerce is depending on people looking outside all the time what's next what's next what's next what's next it's outside it's outside I need that thing I need this material thing I need this and there's so much inside mm. there's so much inside and you gotta you gotta shut your phone off and go inside and you know and that's and and I love like 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 Leo. I've been playing with the idea of just like being like, 
it doesn't have to be good or bad or I don't have to be hinged on one you know like oh, I'm into that you know like it, no you can be into just like so many things within one thing you don't have to be just one like hang your hat on one thing people love to go I'm I'm the forward right, guy right, 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 you yeah, can yeah. be anything kind yeah, of guy yeah. you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And just staying open. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, <clears throat> I also think, you know, with all the lockdowns happening around the world, I mean, I didn't, I, I, it, it helped me, uh, complete wave key because I'm, I've, I'm, I'm so far and, you know, I'm just like, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I have so many ideas and so much stuff going on and that, um, it's quite hard to like sit down and get it out. But, with not ha- with not being able to travel and staying home and all that stuff was able I was able to to finish it with so much help from my wife um and others and um I think it would it's really good for people that are stuck like inside and locked down or something they could be like if I got if I got locked down I I just I would just I just I just do this. I just do this. And I know at some point they're going to let me out and I can correct all my crappy habits. Mm. I can, I can calm down. I can know myself. And this is for me, I train wave key. That's what I do for me. And I do some other stuff at times. It depends. If I feel like doing more flexible stuff, I do flexibility stuff. If I feel like doing some weights, I do some weight stuff, you know, um, if I feel like I'm injured a little bit, then I injured in one area, then I, I strengthen out that. But, but I do wave key, natural foot, and I do it switch, and I do it goofy foot, and that keeps me really connected. And then when I go surfing, uh, most of the, what I try to do is I try not to try too hard, and I, I have to actually tell myself, okay, take. Like turn the dial down just one one it's, last. It's so hard because you were like, I want to be the fastest. Well, well <laughs> exactly. I got the eye of the tiger, and I'm I'm a dad with two kids, and I'm not surfing. I like I surfed on Saturday, and that was the first time I surfed in nine days. And then before that, I, I surfed it. I think I saw you, and we were at um, uh, Winky or whatever, and that was I. That was my first morning surfing two years, and. Before that, I didn't surf for two weeks. So in a month, I surf twice. So when I'm out there finally, and finally a wave comes, you can only imagine. It's like not having. It's like not eating for ten days, and then someone shows up with a with a, a, a Mexican taco, you know, which is kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, we don't have them here really. But so you're like, oh, how do I do? Do I can you put it on a plate, please, and let me get my fork and knife organized, and then I eat it rather than just fucking gobble it. Right. So it helps me stay, you know, in that in that place. And I think that um, I think now with, you know, people getting locked down and not, not you know, who knows what's ha- going to happen with travel and and all this kinds of stuff. And you might have to be surfing the same spot, you know, the same place more than you normally would. So this will give you a fresh perspective on it and be able to like okay i can actually get better at just being able to connect from my takeoff to my bottom turn just take off more buttery and be able to be able to get a pure bottom turn the connection between there and there now and then we got a top turn oh, how do i finish the turn how do i finish the turn just in the perfect position as if i was dropping back in again uh, you know, whoa, I could get better at that. Oh, and I'm right at the end of my cutback. I always turn around. This is my thing, actually. I turn around too fast. So I have to, like, if I 
slow down just a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, that's like so much more exquisite. It's like all all these areas. I'm like, God. And then and then yeah, can I like just there's so many areas to get better at, you know. And it's cool because it's like cool. You mean I don't have to keep following the kids and try to do an air reverse and a stale fish fucking whirly bird, you know, nose pick fucking tweak. And otherwise I'm a kook now, you know. I'm I'm like I'm I'm a kook now. I'm a kook. Yeah, fucking. I don't know anything. I know nothing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. no, it's like. It's just like, hey, it's it's your own thing. It's what floats your boat, you know. But so I'm not here to tell people how to surf. I'm here to show them wave key, and then through wave key, open the awareness to all that you can play with. So when you go in the ocean, you play, you play out there, and you and even when it's crowded, which is tough, man. Like it's tough out there sometimes. Even when you're out there, you can you're, you can find pockets where people aren't paying attention, or there's or you or you can get stoked on someone else getting away. You can just change it and go. You know what? I didn't get it, but that guy did, and that's cool. Maybe that guy's waited two years to catch that wave. Fuck, that's rad. You know, I don't know, and I'm not yeah, saying yeah, that's yeah. No, no, I'm not no, saying no. that's easy either. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, you know, yeah. it's a pretty take-oriented type of sport. But but anyway, that's kind of. I, oh, I just I want to make it, sure man. people don't think yeah. that I'm here to fucking tell them how to surf because yeah, I'm not. Yeah. yeah, you know. But it's exciting. I'm excited because there's so many aspects of my surfing that I've been. I feel like I've had blocks with within myself, and I'm not knowing how to move through them. Yeah. You know, and they're subtle. Like no one else would know what my blocks are. Yeah. Um, but in inside myself, I know. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the things you fly. We can flush out. Yeah, that's you, right. So you would come to me and say. Hey, um, actually, the probably the best thing to do is is you can tell me what you want to improve, or you can just send me like a, a wave or two, and just see if I can see if I what I see. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 then because um, I do this like it was really interesting. Uh, Parker, I coach Parker Coffin, and he sent me a bunch of footage from Indo to test, and yeah, and he said. Um, He goes, okay, I, uh, I was expecting that you were going to pick up on this, this thing, you know? And I, uh, and I had already coached him on it. So I did pick it up, but I'd already talked to him about it. So I picked up a thing he didn't even see at all. And he's like, whoa, you know? Because his brother, like Connor does, like really, really incredible carves, but we worked on them a lot. Parker does more air stuff, more above the lip stuff, all that. And, and so, working with his like, working with this with his car was was a is is where I went to. And he's losing speed, and they aren't as devastating as his brother. But he's got the frame. He's got the got the. He's got all this stuff. But it's, there's 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 just there's just a bad habit right in right in this little spot. And we work it out on the ground. So I have the experience to coach the best servers in the world. I can see where they can be better. So anybody below them is much easier for me. I, I, I can I can see every single server. I can see a spot, including myself. Yeah. Heaps, heaps for myself. So I'm, I'm not over here going, well, I don't make any mistakes. Yeah. That has to be said yeah. because people have, people hear different things, but like, I want to make sure people know that I, I, I am very flawed. I have lots and lots of things that I don't like. You're, about you're my a human surfing. having a human experience as well? Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's my drive. 
I dr- I'm, I'm driven because I'm like, I want to I wanna make that look better. You know, I, wa- I don't like the way that looks. I like the way he does it way better than I do. Or she. I like the way she does it way better than I do. There's a bunch of girls I think that surf super good and do things that I'm not as good at, you know? And um, and, I'll, I'll, I'm, and just like you said before we started talking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the kind of that. Yeah. Let's examine that bit. What do they love about it? You know, um, ah, that's awesome. You must be stoked because I know you've been working on it for ages, right? It feels really good. Well, what, it's a lifetime, really. What, yeah, it is. But what feels really good is that I'm, I don't have to talk about what I'm going to do and what it is. And what, you, you want to know what it is? Go to the website. Yeah. Read about it. And um, and watch a few of the videos and stuff like that. Look at uh, my Instagram. There's some uh, uh, there's some testimonials on my Instagram. There's testimonials on the website. <clears throat> and as we, the first students are just moving into this, uh, moving into the second lesson. So once they get into the bottom turn, and then you start, and the students start getting in, are getting into the top turn and stuff like that. People are going to have experiences. They're going to be like, "This that was the be- that was the best top turn I've ever done," or "That was that was similar to the top turn I did when I was 16," or "That was this turn I did four years ago that I've been trying to," f- and I did two of them in one surf. And I'm, this is I'm not making this up. A friend of mine told me this. He's like, "I did two of the best top turns I've done in three years," and then he was. He, that he said, I don't know if it was related to wave key. I was like, shut up. <laughs> Super funny. Yeah. Super funny. But no, uh, that's what, um, I think that's, that's, that's the drive is, is I can remember some of the best turns of my life and I want to recreate, I, I want to do those whenever I want and I can't. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do them. And I'm like, why? I, I want to do, th-. and my dad was always like, if you've done it once, you can do it again. So like, okay. So a lot of wave key has to do with what you're doing prior to the turn. What are you doing just prior to the turn? And this comes from my Kung Fu Sensei. And he worked with uh, pro golfers, pro baseball, pro pro football, uh, US ski team, equestrian, tennis, uh, uh, what else, hockey. And so, do you mean just prior, like the moment before, yeah, so he's or on the, moment the beach? Before. No, the moment, moment the moment before the act. So yeah. he said, like he's like, okay, I got this. You know, he's like, well, he would always give me examples. Be like a pro golfer, and I say to him, one millimeter, put the club one millimeter away from the ball. Like when the club gets there in full swing, what is your body doing? What is your body? What position is your body in to get the maximum amount of power and finesse through that turn? <laughs> and the guy, uh, I think it's, I think, and this is my point with surfers. Where are your feet on the board when you're doing this? Um, I think they're, well, let's see. Let me think, you know? So wave key goes through that stuff and gets you in that position of the, of the, of the most powerful position to be in just prior to the turn so the turn is actually easy the turn itself is easy if you're not in that good position the turn is not going to be easy because you're going to force it mm-hmm. so that's the intelligence behind it all you know and i i thank my teachers for showing me these these things my dad my kung fu sensei <clears throat> adrian crook 
my other mentor who's like she passed away uh this year unfortunately um who was an aikidoist and a ballerina and a sculptor and a cellist and a uh uh, Feldenkrais practitioner and just a beautiful human being but sound of it, like yeah just insane like insane insane teacher I used to just walk away from her sessions and just going like oh my god oh my god oh my god the things she taught me like you know so all of that is in Waveki and I spent thousands of dollars and thousands of hours studying so it's not like it's I came up with it during quarantine because people needed something to do or it's like primitive. Like I know other people are show. I know there's other people out there that have done this before that have like, oh, I'm going to pretend I'm surfing in the mirror. I know that that's, that I know I'm not the first one to come up with that, but this is systematic. This is, this is all, this is physics. This is all, this is down to a, um, to leverage and physics. And, um, and this is just the way that I teach and I've had success. So, you know, it's not the only way to do it, but um, but it's been it's rewarding. It's rewarding to have the uh, the um, the platform now. Uh, I, dude, it's I could just from you know I, I, I'm new to it, but just how in depth mm. I was like quite blown away. It was, it was awesome. Thanks. Yep. That that that. I wanted to get it out there like way long ago. Yeah. But in a way, you know, like I have, I never stopped developing it. So it wasn't like, oh, well, I should have got it out there when I, like a long time. I would have been, if I would have got it out there a long time ago, I, you know, I just, people would have done it. There still would have been benefit, all that stuff. But now I've been doing it for so long with so much success and I feel real confident this is where I'm at. I feel extremely confident that I can help any surfer. If I can't, I'll be stoked to go find the answer. I'll be like, oh, cool. This is, a, this is something I hadn't thought of. Bidget, I won't pretend to know, oh, well, well uh, I don't know what to say, but I'm yeah, the guy. You're just doing so, it wrong. Oh, well, you know, I got to say something because I'm the guy. No. Yeah. No, I'll be like, hey, I, I don't I don't actually know, but this that's really intriguing. So let me get back to you. Like, thank you. You know, and, and that's where I that's where I'm at. So it feels I know I'm releasing it out to the entire world for people to just take shots at, you know, people on stab saying, That's the stupidest thing I've ever I've seen some stupid stuff, but that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Is and is I'm, that is that some feedback you've had? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, Okay, okay, but to be fair, let me watch you surf. And what's who are you anyway? And and um, are you like, is it Tom Curran writing that? Because that like you know okay yeah I I can see him saying it's you know I guess it's stupid but you know I doubt it. I I noticed that Tom himself has like the Curran method. Someone set that up for him, you know. So you know hey what what how is he teaching? I I'd, I'd like to know. I'd go, I'd go pay for. That's the kind of stuff I, I'm not too proud to, like, hey, Tom, can I, can I be a student? <laughs> yeah. He could tell you one thing. I mean, he was here last year and over at the house, and we were playing music, and I, I mean, I, I feel pretty close to Tom. Because he's and, musical, and you're, you're in musicals. Yeah, well, I play right? music. Yeah. I'm nowhere near like he is. He's just a, a phenomenal musician. But, um, and he brings that same, that same 
feel to his music. He's got a great voice, man. He's really good. He's not just a tryhard, you know, like he was a, he's like, oh, he was the world champion and now he plays music on the side. He's okay. He's actually like, you know, very, very talented. So anyway, um, I, I think that it's, it's, um, I'm just, I'm in that good space where I'm ready for, I'm ready to help everybody, whether you're like that guy who's like, I want to ride the biggest waves in the entire world. Well, you better have your technique together so that you don't, t- so you don't suffer a wipeout that stops you, you know, at, a, at an early age or, you know, scares you, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Oh, cause you can build your confidence. That's what I, that's that good Twiggy Baker. Yeah. He's got the perfect takeoff technique. Perfect. So he just built that, rode big waves in Durban, and was like, and he had so much success. He's like, I can ride a bigger one. 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 That guy's so talented. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's, but you know, just naturally. But this whole notion that you have to be born with it, I guess if no, if no one helps you, but if you're, if you've got a good um, uh, teacher, you know, then. And you're athletic, and you're and you got the drive. You know, that's that's. I think it's. You know. Now I, I want to say one more thing. Yeah, go on. Anybody who's a really good surfer, anybody who's who's got a lot of surfing experience, provided they're a people person, can teach wave key too. Because it's all from surfing experience. It's it's just about starting to know yourself a little bit. You know, know like, so you go okay. I I could just teach people like. So what do you you know. What do you do when you're on the phone ball? You know, what do you, what do you, what, what, you know, let's get, let's go there. Let's yeah, go there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you're on the phone ball. What's the front edge of the surfboard doing? What's the tail doing? You're really back there. Now the, now it's lifting up. How do you ride so deep? I mean, I, I know cause I've experienced it and I remember and all that stuff, but talking to somebody like Gabriel Medina, talking to somebody like John, John, talking to somebody Slater. They've experienced way more tubes than I have in way more critical situations and more consistently. So all you have to do is say, well, what do you do here? What do you do here? Show me, show me, show me. Do you do this? Do you do this? Where's the weight? Where's the weight on your feet? Where do you do? Where do you, you know? And then, and you, okay, cool. And the way, the best way to describe it is kind of, it's a, pri- it's, it's primal. It's what we did when we were cave people. We, this is how we taught our kids. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the monster's this big, mm-hmm. and Uncle Joe is going to pretend he's the monster, and he's going to come at you, and he runs faster than you, so you can't run away. You have to turn around and, and throw that spear in between his eyes, and you better be ace. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then it'll fall dead right in front of you, and, and you know, that's your only hope. So by the time you're ready to face the monster, you better be ready. So, it's, so they just go through a simulation all the time again and again and again. And that's what WaveKey is. It goes through the simulations, you know. And that's what the military do. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> it's totally like that. It's just that I think servers have been, because it's been a not so, because it's been sort of a, I mean, that's what skateboarding is in a way. That's just how skateboarding started, you know what I mean? But this is like, this is really bringing it to your feet. Because your feet are what control the surfboard, right? They're the ones that touch it. So how do you use your body to stay over your feet when you're upside down doing an anti-gravity uh, turn? Use, But it's easier in surfing because you got centrifugal force. So some of the movements in wave gear are harder than surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Harder to get harder and, and slower. 
So when you go and you get in the water and it's easier, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. It, it's easier to, to 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 produce it. But then you've got the you've got the uh, unknown, the mystical, the mm. unknown, the way the the wave, the, the the light on the wave, the wave hitting like a deep spot, and you don't know it. The or a shallow spot, and it yeah. pitches faster than you. You know all those the things. Wind. There's a, yeah, you know, there's somebody in the way. There's a piece of seaweed. There's you know what I mean. All of it. That's what, and you have to see all those things as as fun. Rather than like fucking things that are trying to take away my fun, the seaweed, that guy, the, the, the goat boat, that guy's taking, that guy's here to take away from my fun. Get out of my way! And then you get all stiff. Yeah. You got to see that as like that's all part of the. That's all, part, and it's not easy to do that. But yeah, I want to ask you one more thing. You've been sure. so generous with your time. Uh, thanks, um, Cortez Bank. The first time you went out there. Yeah. That's like, what is that? A 10 hour boat ride out? 12? Um, yeah. I My ex girlfriend used to dive it. And that's, I'm just intrigued why she used to uh, tell yeah. me about the bottom and the kelp mm, beds and the wow. everything. And, wow. no. and then, so you rode one of the biggest waves of what year? Was it like a 63 foot? Did you get... No, I, I that wave was... The one I won, the XL one, was in uh, Mexico. Oh, I that wasn't it. Cortez Bank. N- no. Um, Cortez Bank was... I rode some large waves out there, but it was... The first time we went it was in the th- beginning of 2001. So it Were was... Were you one of the first people to surf yeah. it? Yes, there was... I think they tried to surf it before we went out there, but weren't very successful, and it was much smaller. And they either maybe, I don't know, it was just kind of an aborted thing. And then the day we went out there, Mike rode a wave that was 60 plus foot. And um, it was like perfectly sunny, perfectly like glassy, like like barely any wind. And just like these big, 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 giant, beautiful blue waves. Like, wow, deep water. I mean, just like totally... Uh, surreal because you know I'd never seen anything like it and it was very uh, scary too because of the unknown factor that no one had ridden it you know so it was like well when you get on the wave is the wave is it is going to be different than your perception is it going to go faster than you think are you going to have to do different things and you know it was it was it was just it was just like a big version of a of of a wave so i used all my i used all my years of experience of knowing waves and knowing how to turn and to have one of the best surfing days of my life um <clears throat> i got the, the, the way that it breaks is like it breaks for like 17 miles and so there's some waves that break up the reef and when they break they send a shock wave and then they and so there I was let, let go of the rope and I could see this cross sort of mound shock wave thing kind of coming as I'm dropping down and I'm going to go right and I could see it going like this like you're on a, a snow slope and there's a berm right there and so I just would fade a bit, head towards it. Didn't even look down the line, even though the waves are down the line. You know, it's not like a peak. It's, it goes down the line. And I just knew I'd, I'd, I was going so fast and knew that I would make it. And I just 
I just, you know, the thing, and this is in wave key too, is going into this bottom turn as I wasn't tipped over in the bottom turn. I'll say right over the top of the surfboard and then tilt the surfboard and then put all my weight right on the rail and stay over the surfboard and then just and then just and then feel that that shock wave and this rocket down like and then go back up the wave and uh a 40 40 40 50 foot wave and um there's a couple shots that Aaron Chang have where I'm doing like some some carves and stuff like that and just like I was just the thing that the thing was is that the first few waves I wasn't doing that, uh, uh, you know what I mean. But I got one after another after another, and my board felt perfect, and I felt really good. And and then I just started going, I got this, and I got two two rides out there, two of them that they didn't capture on film and didn't. They got one on video from like, fucking like super far away. You can see it. It's in making the call. It's like fully, I disappear. And you can and I'm from and I, I disappear in it and then and it's chandeliers and I come out of it. But they had 35 mil cameras out there, Aaron Chang and all these guys. And there's only two teams. There's Mike and I and 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 Peter Mel and Skin Dog. And I don't know where they were. And I got two. I'm mean, I'm coming off the bottom. And I did that thing where I didn't look. So I just I put myself in a in a in in that position where the only way to make the wave was to tube ride. So. I just did what I did at Sunset Beach, which is climb the wave like this to get, and I knew that it would pitch out enough. It was a 50 foot wave. So I knew if I could get high enough, it would still be a 10 foot tube at the top of the thing. So I could just get up in that corner. So I just, I had so much control, so much control of the surfboard that I just, I just surf up the wave and the thing just pitched out and then it chandelier and I couldn't see and I was just waiting for the biggest car crash of my life and then I just came flying out of it. <laughs> then I got it. Then I got another one, and the, those two are like those two. Those two are kind of like the same wave in my mind, you know. Like I can't remember exactly what I just remember one real, you know. But yeah. I remember two of them, and I was like, "Man, that footage is gonna look insane." <laughs> <laughs> and it was in that movie, Step Into Liquid, and shot on thirty-five mil with Bruce Brown's son, Dana Brown, and all that stuff. And I'm watching it. Online. This is gonna be insane. Ah, didn't make it. Anyway, you've always been pretty reactionary though. Like there's like um there's another bit where you were interviewed. I remember seeing it. It was like early days, and it was like the guy. And someone was interviewing on the I don't know what movie it was. It was an early O'Neill one or something. And the dude said something about your tube. And you're talking about the tube. It's like the shower cubicle, and it's truck driver goes mm. past, going do do. You go, you go, yeah, right on, bro. Must have seen my barrel. Yeah, that was, um, that, was, was that? Uh, that was that uh, was pump ozone no. ozone. Because the first podcast I went on when I launched WaveKey was Tony Roberts, and Tony Roberts made ozone. Ah, and so Tony Roberts went through that, and we went through that again, and okay. and, and basically I'm telling him a story of how I. To how I took off a pipeline and the wave, the the, the wave was just like so like I I cut the bottom trim so tight that the lip came down and parted my hair. I said it just went boom like this, right? And that's that was and I and right as I'm telling the story, we're on this like we're in Mexico and this truck driver drives by and goes burr, burr. I, something else. I mean he's pretty far away. 
And I'm like, yeah, he saw it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, it, it was just a, it was just a, a like, you know, improv. It was awesome. it was improv exactly, yeah. and um, it helped people. It helped it, it helped people, uh, well, you know, like me. I and the other bit, them. dude, when you're like, we out there, get yeah, fucking and doing those like ridiculous stretches, pretending you're Tommy Carroll. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, 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 yeah. Tommy's got such a good sense of humor. He loved it. Um, but yeah. Hey, girl, yeah, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was, I mean, that was, that was a, a day that catapulted my, my surfing career. It lengthened it. You know, that 2001, I was riding for Royale. Uh, it was just a small company out of Huntington Beach. <clears throat> And, you know, I just didn't really have money or that many sponsors. And just and then after that day, I got, you know, I got a real nice, chunky contract from O'Neill. I started writing for O'Neill again. Yeah. And they're like, Gers, we got to get Gers. He's, he's our guy, you know. So, um, yeah. And then I think um, I've had a couple of things like that. I, when I served Chopu in 90... 97 or 98 I think it was 98 I got like a we surfed the day after the contest and the waves are just nuts and I have the latest drop I won the latest drops paddling paddling yeah was that with Andy Owens was that there I don't think Andy was out there but I got one that's it's kind of it looks like it's pretty similar to Andy's it's like and I got a two page thing in the big issue of surfer and another two page in the in surfing at the same time the wave just spits fucking crazy it's a soup it's a super late drop it's one of these ones that just like i i i could have eaten it really bad really easily and um i stuck it but i ate it on a couple waves beforehand i was just in the zone and um all of that intel is in my is in wave key too how to take off super super late on backside and yeah, dude, those waves are worth. They're worth. They're like lifetime, like achievement feelings. Not that you put them on. It doesn't matter if someone gets a photo or not. It's cool if they do, but like if they don't, you still have this killer memory of what of the adrenaline rush of what it is, and they just, man, it makes life like good. So, you know, I, there's some people out there that have a lot of um, gumption, a lot of, lot of, lot of. They're fearless and not a lot of technique then there's the other person out there that has quite good technique but they're kind of fearful so by so the the, the t- this works for both types the guy who's got like a lot of a lot of balls but doesn't have the good technique he can drill down on the on the wave key takeoff and and get it so that his technique is perfect that guy's going to do some crazy stuff and not get hurt and lessen his chances of getting hurt and then the other guy who's really got good technique but it's more fearful by doing wave key again and again and again and again and again it builds a confidence all this person needs which is me I'm kind of one of that guy, one of those guys I need confidence to I'm not the flea Verosk I'm not the guy that would hurl myself over things that were that were you know like hey whoa here we go you know no I'm like <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to, I'm self-preservation guys I, I pushed out a lot in my life and so but but when I'm confident go and I haven't gotten hurt because I've gone I've only gone when I felt confident your body does something different when it's confident you're more coordinated you're more open your body reacts to what you need when you're fearful you contract you're more like a piece of wood you lose your you lose your coordination 
it's full of cortisol is that the word you get like you I contract get, oh, yeah. yeah you contract and so when you contract you become hard and when you, and and to, and to surf well you can't be hard you have to be soft because you if you catch a rail you can fix it but if you catch that rail and you're hard you can't fix it in time that and so i work a lot with um, Connor Coffin on that in surfing um, and in I work a lot I worked on that a lot with Taro um, he's my my number one student he's rubber man he's like a, he's like he's like rubber man he never falls and he surfs radical but he's that's a lot of a lot of conversation a lot of movement he also I got him training with my Kung Fu Sensei so like a lot of a lot of like you know he he's the epitome of of way of uh, several years of wave key mm. study. Yeah, yeah. Brad, it was a long one. You might Dude. want to you might want to do this one in parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you so much, man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Dude, I'm yeah, so yeah, stoked. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm 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 really stoked to be part of uh, now the wave key club and and finding out a few kinks and, and finding the more joyful aspects that I, you know, you go out there yeah. and just fuck yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. You're still going to, that's still going to come up, bro. That's yeah. just your personality coming out. That's how I am too. But it, this gives you a, 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 a way to harness it and, and stuff. And I just want to offer anybody that's uh, listening to your podcast, you know, a discount um, uh, with a, I'll give you a code so okay. people can get a discount on on uh, signing up for WaveKey if they're interested. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Brad. Sure, buddy. Well, there you have it. There was my conversation with none other than the Gurr, Brad Gerlach. Um, Gurr, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming around, sitting in the captain's chair and and and, and chatting to me. It, it, just, it means a lot and I'm, I'm super stoked and, and I'm super stoked on WaveKey and... Um, and and thanks again uh if you're out there listening that is wave key w-a-v-e-k-i-h-m 15 for a 15 percent discount um and and look you know and it's another it's another week of just uh weirdness on earth you know i i i just read a statistic that suicides are up 200 percent and it breaks my heart you know I, I, we've all been touched whether it's you know by by this at some stage of our lives you know life's long and short and if you know anyone doing it rough give them a call if you're doing it rough and you don't know have anyone to call and you're listening to this reach out to me through my insta hit me up uh you know like we're all just part of this human family trying to do the best we can Learn the lessons we got to learn until we 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 get go, get off this ball in the middle of space, <laughs> and you know, like it it gets rough. It gets rough. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've had rough periods in my own life, and 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 you know, like not all days are diamonds. You know, they're just not. And and but for some people, it just gets worse and worse, and and they can't pull out of that plat spin, so to speak, and. Uh, but there are ways 
there are ways, you know, and, and I think the more we can open the dialogue for discussion and, and just keep an eye out on each other because, you know, we get so wrapped up in these Western ways of, of moving fast, you know, and, 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 and to slow down, connect with nature and each other is just so important. I can't stress it enough. So anyway, um, I don't think that's a downer. I think that's just reality. And I, and I just wanted to put that out there because we've got to take care of each other. And I know when the traffic's thick and it's hot and you just get fucking pissed and it's hard to think like that, you know? Uh, and I, that's coming from my own, my own shit, you know? But we, we just got to take our foot off the gas a bit and just plug in because it, it's it's heating up and, and the numbers are reflecting that. Um, so anyway, take care. And if you're still listening, thank you so much, whoever you are, wherever you are. And, and um, until next time, adios.